What's up, all you beautiful people? Happy freaking New Year. I know we're like three weeks in, but I am just doing this now. So, first podcast of the new year. Took a little break for the holidays. Um, and uh, here we are. Man, I just spent like too long on the phone with fraud services for my credit card. I feel like there's a, a special place in hell reserved for uh, the executives who decide on uh, call on hold music for corporations. It's like this whole like, you know, phone tree that they're trying to get you to hang up and the music is awful, often, you know, terrible. So I just have to sit through some of that, and uh, you kind of just got to stand in there. It's, it, it sounds like some companies now are starting, like I know Apple lets you choose the music or lets you choose silence. Some companies let them call you back, let, you know, will call you back, which I prefer. But uh, but for many of them, it's just, an, you know, it's like a war of attrition on your consciousness. But I got through it. I figured it out. Here we are, and I'm ready to talk about this first episode of 2021. Um, I got a special treat for y'all today. My boy, Brandon Farmer, a really, really talented drummer, multi-instrumentalist, producer. This dude knows music. Um, he's a pretty nasty basketball player, too. He's got a wet three-pointer. And we get into all of that um, in this episode. I... Uh, I've known about Brandon for years. You know, he's a pretty big name on the Bay Area music scene. A lot of people t have nothing but praises to sing about him. And um, I was aware of him for years, but uh, it wasn't until a couple weekends ago um, that our paths actually crossed. I uh, got hired by this band, Speakeasy. Shout out, Speakeasy. Um, to, to come with them up to this artist retreat they were doing up in Guilala, Mendocino um, and to shoot some videos as they recorded an album and it was just such a great weekend we, we got the sweet cabin house thing in in Guilala that was off the grid there was no cell phone reception so everybody was just super present tons of good food and um, you know for those of you that are a little COVID scared uh, we got all got tested so no worries there um, and it was just awesome just getting the opportunity to go up and, and do my art as these people did their art, and uh, they made some really amazing music. I can't wait for their album to come out, um, but I also ended up, I found myself talking to Brandon a lot over the weekend and really felt like I walked away from the weekend uh, with a new friend, and it's just been, you know, it's, it's always nice, that new friend energy. It's a really exciting time. Uh, when you meet someone that you really like. And um, so we've been hooping and watching Dubs games and talking about life and music. And this podcast, I think, is definitely representative of, of that. Um, I know for me, it was really cool getting to hear his story and learn about some things that uh, had been mysterious to me up until this point. And um, so, you know, I'm very grateful that he came on and uh, I, I strongly encourage any of you out there to go check out his music, Drum Wisdom, on Spotify or go check out Speakeasy. Um, he's just an all around, you know, really sweet, 
an incredibly talented human being. And, um, you know, I feel very privileged to have gotten to sit down with him and talk. Uh, the last thing I'll say is just that you guys will hear another voice uh, on the podcast, and that's his buddy Reggie, who also uh, was here for it and was sitting in the room. And I only have two mics, so I had to uh, kind of set them up with one they could share. And I'm going to do my best to try to equalize the volumes and maybe put a little compression down because I know that there are moments when it gets really loud and moments when it gets really soft. And um, I know that can be frustrating on the listening end to try to be adjusting the volume constantly. So doing my best. I'm by no means a, a pro at this stuff, but uh, but I think I get a little better every episode. So all that being said, without further ado, let me introduce to you my man, Brandon Farmer, on this episode 22 Record or released on January 22. This is a double 22 episode 22 of the Bartcast. Great to hear from you. What a surprise! Safeway so smacking. Now, when you go Dutch Crunch, you know what? What else? What kind of sandwich do you like? Oh um, man, actually, Reggie bought the sandwich for me, but it's, it seemed like it had turkey. Well, it was a it was a trio. It was like a, a trio sandwich. Like, I don't know. It's it like, like they turkey, have like bacon, the, and tomatoes. Yeah, I don't know. They like have a like, club or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know what it was, man. It was. It was smacking though. It we was. we used to do. The, the go-to in high school, we'd walk over to Safeway. We'd do the Dutch Crunch with the chicken strips. Ooh. That shit was fire. That That's a smacking. winner. Yeah. That's a winner. That, that shit was good. All right. Yeah, so I really like this stuff because it's like, it smells real good. And then the high is like very just happy. Light and happy. That's what I like. Light and happy. <laughs> I'm kind of a lightweight, so like, for me, like the, the uh, I really can only... I really only hit weed when I'm like chilling in my room. <laughs> okay. Playing video games. Are you, are you like Javi? You get kind of like. Uh, yeah. Javi says he feels like he just, like his emotions just erupt inside of him. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, pretty much, dude. I get, I get like real self conscious. Yeah. And I kind of, cl- you know, normally I'm, I like to talk and like interact, but like. Just when I'm when I'm too high, man, I get in that hole and I'm just like thinking about everything uh, that I'm gonna say. Right, yeah. <laughs> it like I get so high already off of the um, off of just the social interaction with people, mm. and like right. losing that ability to connect, I end up feeling like I'm kind of hamstrung, and I can like hear or see how I could be. Yeah. And then I that and then that fucks with my head because yeah. I'm like, man, oh, God, I don't feel like I'm at my best, you know. So yeah, dude. But you got you got a real good handle on like, like you understand that about yourself that you like. It's like you make adjustments to like where you're at. Because mm-hmm. I, I kind of seen that when we started, um, when we had that conversation Sunday night. Mm-hmm. That's when I was like, oh okay. I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, I yeah, see. That was fun, man. Yeah, dude, we got in there. Yeah, I mean, dude, it's it's like. It's more about like where other people at. If people yeah. get comfortable, 
I'll go as deep down the philosophical Dude. rabbit hole as, as, as anybody's. Really? You know, that shit is my favorite. Yeah, know? I'm all about, like, new thoughts. Like, mm-hmm. make me think of something I never thought before. Right. Like, give me that and just be like, oh, okay, that's tight. And just, like, let's just go down there. Right, yeah. I and, like that. And when you can kind of, when you're in an environment where everybody feels safe enough to really get honest, mm-hmm. and, and then you start talking about these things, and, and every once in a while, some truth comes out. And wow. you're like, oh shit, that's how, what you just said, that's hella real, like that's, mm-hmm. that, that is truth, and, and we can share in that, and, and I feel like that really is one of the things that connects people the most, is when you're like, oh man, we got to a place. Share reality. Yeah. Yeah, for real. Right. And I definitely think we, meaning. like, that happened, like that Sunday night, and it, it happened so organically, because nobody was, like, trying to force anything. It oh, just, yeah. Because what were we talking about before? It's like it just got super deep. We were talking about that uh, that BAM, the BAM video that we were watching. Yeah, that was hilarious because we, we had... C, 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 Y2, Y2K? Yeah, C, so Y2K, yeah. We was watching that, but we had it on mute, and we yeah. were listening to... <laughs> we was listening to us like... First it was like Tadeshi Trucks... And, yeah, and then Moonchild. After yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> and it was funny because like every song kind of went with the video. I know, which we was would, super hilarious. It would like line up at parts. They're like, it's like this beautiful neo soul jazz music, you know, with this lovely female vocalist. And then every so often, and then the, the imagery is like dudes like shitting on the outside of restaurants and like. Dude pissing on electric fence. Yeah, jumping off roofs into That's bushes cool. and like it's oh. it was a nice little uh That's hilarious. contrast. D- beating up his dad. Yeah, dude. Oh he yeah, that shit was hilarious. But but then, yeah, like you said, that kinda spawned this uh conversation, which I think was actually the ne- the next night. We we were like planning on watching a movie and yes. then we made some food. Made you guys made up some cocktails. Yeah, dude. Shout out to that. Yeah, I need to remember really that good. recipe. That was bomb. The grapefruit juice. What was it? Grapefruit juice with the honey, whiskey, and... Well, the the problem was that we all we had was whiskey left. Yeah, because we drank all the tequila yeah. and the wine. So, and then all we had for a mixer was like some grapefruit juice. I'm good, man. Uh, and like some grapefruit... Uh, here, let me get you something for that. We had like some grapefruit... Uh, like sparkling like LaCroix yeah and uh it wasn't it wasn't hitting like I thought it was mind you no cause I mean <laughs> yeah this, the whiskey didn't quite blend with the yeah. citrus very well and so I had this idea where I was like well I know that honey goes good with both of these flavors right like honey is good with any any citrus mm-hmm. and then honey and whiskey that's a old yeah. classic so I was like this could kind of be the flavor bridge and then uh, mix that up, and it—I remember the first cocktail. That's all I did. And then the, for the second one, I was like, I think we could do a little extra. So I put a little bit of uh, orange juice in there. And then uh, the the secret though was the brown sugar, brown sugar. and some maple syrup. And that yeah. little bit with of maple the, syrup with the honey. It was bro. It was so smack. Yeah. It uh, it kind of like mellowed the the bite of the grapefruit. Yeah. And then also kind of soften, you know, whiskey has such, can have such like a dynamic flavor to it. There's so much going on there. So. Yeah, for real. Yeah. A good mixer kind of, it's like that uh, key to lock relationship, mm-hmm. you know? 
So. Yeah, but we got deep after that. Yeah, we were talking about it. You know, it was cool having like a. We were talking about all the issues. You know, you know like <laughs> like the social norm stuff. Uh-huh. Like, I, and I think it really started when um when hold on, did Daniel go at Addy or did Addy go at Daniel? I mean, it, it was back and forth yeah, all it weekend. And, it was. <laughs> it's so funny because. Well, I think it might have been her because she was being honest about kind of their relationship as far as like she was like she sees him like as a partner as like as important to her life. Mm -hmm. Like he's like a partner to her, but like not nothing on a sexual Mm -hmm. level. Right. And it's just but like that's the same importance that she holds him like in her life. Yeah, they have that. They really have that level of intimacy. They're like kind of the band mom and dad. Yeah, right? for mean, sure. You play in a band with these people, and I'm sure you experience that all the time. But for me, coming in as a videographer and trying to capture the band essence, that was one of the things I was immediately aware of, which was like, these people are like an old married couple. Yeah, you know, man. They're, they're for real. ripping each other any chance they get, but there's Everything. so much deep love and understanding there. And, and really, like the wisdom of it to... I mean, man, y'all did eight tracks in a day, and we did two videos. Like, that shit is just crazy, no matter who you are and what your band is. Like, I've never heard of a band doing anything like that. Bro, not even, bro. Like, that's so crazy. And even though we did have, like, two days or, like, a day and a half of, like, rehearsal, Mm -hmm. it's still, like, um, Ryan didn't get there till Friday. Right. So that was only one day of rehearsal with him. Shout out to Ryan Plug and Play Schaefer. (laughs) That dude just rolls up to the hit and he's just good to go. Dude, man. First drop. He was ready. Yeah. But I I was so impressed by you guys. Not only that you were able to get so much done, but that there was so little drama. You know, when, man, trying to make musicians sit and play for that long. Yeah. I know, like, you know, there's always, in any band dynamic, there's always these, like, issues that come up and they're little things but when you're trying to perform with people on stage i know mm-hmm. my myself personally like playing in bands they'll you know if it's like oh the bass player does this one thing here that i don't like maybe on one show you you brush it off but after you know a lot of performances and stuff those little things can start to turn yeah, into they, bigger things yeah and, you know it's it's good to uh i was really impressed that you guys were all able to keep things so positive and Stay on track. Yeah, I think that's a shout out back to um, back to Daniel and Adrian too, mm-hmm. because um, they kind of what Daniel always says he picked the band that he would want. Like if he was a singer, he said, if I wasn't a musician, I would still want to be around these musicians. And so that's how he kind of picks the band, and yeah. I mean, I think I've known everybody that's in the band. I've known them for a fairly long time, and I've done, like, other things with them, too. Like, I played with Ryan uh, <clears throat> with his group when he was doing the things at, uh, what was that, uh, Arthur Max. Mm, I don't know what that is. Oh, it's a, it's like a, a pizza spot off, uh, what's that, oh, on MLK. Okay. And he used to play there every Friday. Okay. And so yeah, it'd be a trio like. Was that high standards or? Uh. Projects. I don't know. I think he was like the main piece. 
because mm. of it all. Okay. So I don't know if he did it under high standards or like puff up beer or like something like that. But yeah. So I've known Ryan for a minute and played with him. I played with Javi in another group as well. And uh, Eli, who wasn't there, mm-hmm. played with Eli in another group. Eli, yo, Eli is like dope tenor sax. He's supposed to be overdubbing his parts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I met John at Spirit House. I don't know if you've ever heard or been to Spirit House. Before. No. Mm-hmm. Dude. So Spirit House was an experience, though. Like, it's no longer around anymore. But. Shout sp- Picasso. Yeah, shout out to Picasso. Shout out to Picasso. Yeah. Picasso made it all happen. What is Spirit House or what was Spirit House? It was like a, uh, a late night jazz hang. Mm. So you know how they would have the funk jams, the funk nights. So it would happen after that. Gotcha. After hours. Before yeah. The yeah, the after party. After after but, but it's just like the thing, it was like a culture. Because you could go there, you can get a hot meal now till like 2 in the morning, mm. 2 or 3 in the morning. Okay. So you can get a hot meal and some good drinks and some amazing music. Like, nice. you had some of the best musicians in the Bay Area there. Oh, yeah. That's where I met John. Okay. And so, John was playing. Because uh, normally, when I first started going there, there was only, like, one saxophone player there. And then, um, uh, John, I seen John sit in one time. And, like, the musicians there, they don't normally like people sitting in unless you're, like, really good. So, when I seen him playing, I was like, oh, okay. I was like, they must really... Like his playing. Is there like a house band or a normal group that plays? Yeah, they had a house band. It was a uh, Thomas Prigent on drums, uh, Steve Hogan on bass, mm-hmm. and then Mike Allberg on keys. And uh, I don't know if you know any of those guys. Um, yeah, I, I I've heard of of Prigent. Um, yeah, I'm supposed to actually. Javi reached out to me. I gotta get back to him, but he wants me to come shoot video for their like. Re- rehearsal or something yeah. or doing a session yeah weekend. he's ridiculous like after you see him play you're yeah. gonna be like whoa <laughs> he's a force man like to yeah. be to be in the same room with him playing like to see him play uh-huh. and then to be in the room and like feel that energy of him playing is like yeah and like spirit house was one of those places where he was super comfortable at so he was just yeah just hold court yeah just going for it and then steve hogan He's in a band called the Hogan Brothers. Uh, him and his two brothers, uh, Colin and Julian. Julian plays drums. Colin plays keys, and they're like, like really just super amazing. Nice. Separate and together. Like when they become, when they get together, it's just like, it's like since they're all, they're all brothers. They have the same blood, and they've been playing together like almost all their lives. So it's like they're just super locked, and they do like these crazy arrangements of songs, mm-hmm. and like I think they're um they're working on a project because they've been doing like live shows uh, since like the COVID has been going on. So was was Spirit House like a was that kind of is it like at a house or is it like a venue or like like uh it was a it was in a warehouse space kind of like the Vulcan or something like that uh nah it was more open than that it okay. was like a warehouse space but he had got it like coded and everything okay and um he was using it to display his art gotcha so there was um a lot of art you would have different people display different months but and then he will always have his um his art up mm. all the time and he dedicated the bathroom to prince so nice. yeah so <laughs> it's it all just, purple 
Well, it wasn't all purple. It was yeah. just like Prince was everywhere, okay. but the uh, the sink was purple. Nice. Yeah, but purple drain, purple drain. <laughs> 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 That's yeah. dope, man. Yeah, it, it's funny. Like when you were talking about the band dynamic, you know, playing with these guys, it, it reminded me of this. Uh, there's this great documentary called "Before the Music Dies." Hmm. It came out like I feel like mid 2000s, maybe 2005, 2006. Mm-hmm. But it's these two dudes who like. Uh, they go across the country trying to like answer the question of like like you know how much has the record industry crushed creativity and, and telling the story about um, really the story about how uh, companies like Clear Channel mm-hmm. uh, took ownership of all the local radio in I the 90s yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and how that forced out DJs and made it harder for you know musicians who didn't fit the like MTV model hmm. to uh, yep. to make it, and it's it's really interesting watching it now. I watched it recently because you know this was like hmm. 15 years ago, right? So that all the problems this is pre Spotify, mm-hmm. so all the problems that they're talking about, it's a different you know this is still <laughs> when like MTV was the pinnacle, yeah, and like it's all changed now. But it's interesting to see that step in the evolution of the music industry. But my reason for bringing it up was, you know, they have all these interviews with Erica Badu, uh, you know, um, what's his name? John Matthews? No. What's his first Dave name? Matthews. Dave Matthews. Dave Thank Matthews. you. Okay. I always forget his name. Um, but, but then there's this quote, you know, uh, from Questlove. Hmm. He's talking about the roots and, and, and why he, th- you know, he's kind of giving his take on why he thinks that they were a success as a band. And he was saying, you know, advice to any band out there, like, you got to pick one day out of the week. For us, it's Sunday, but you pick any day of the week that's the band day. Hmm. He's like, on that day, on band day, we don't play no music. Y'all come over, we make barbecue, we watch the game. It's just to hang out. It's just to remind us that, like, hey, we're friends. Friends, There's, There's a culture here independent of of the rehearsals and the sets mm-hmm. uh but he was saying that the that they did that in their group and that is why he felt like they were able to stick together all those years and and you know and get past the bullshit because i know that when it's just performance like i'm sure you you've experienced this but whenever you get into a project there's kind of this arc mm-hmm. and a lot of bands you get to this point where you stop actually having like practices you only just play for the show you rehearse for the show you maybe you start out and there's so much creativity and there's so much new music you're Mm -hmm. writing every time you come you get a new song out of the rehearsal yeah but there's kind of this point where like people stop committing or or the energy gets kind of stale and you're just rehearsing the set for the show yeah and a lot of it's hard to pull out of that like i've been in a couple bands that have ended because we got to that place where it was just like okay i can i can you know the guitar players like i can do monday wednesday friday and then Mm -hmm. oh the baseball oh i can only do tuesday thursday uh okay well what about saturday everyone's like yeah i could do saturday and the drummer's like oh i I gotta do do a thing with my girl on saturday you know and you're like well do we want to play (laughs) because no one's making this a priority you know so i think that that's kind of what what quest was saying that like having this day where it's like 
feel like we're just committing to the relationship yeah. that we have with each other. Uh, goes a long way to to helping you know keep that band cohesiveness together. You know, which I think this weekend, this last weekend, you know, we haven't mentioned it, but I just got back. For, uh, you know, Brandon has this band Speakeasy. Speakeasy, not Speakeasy. Yeah, Speakeasy. Right? Speakeasy. Yeah. Um, they hired me to do some music videos for them. We went up to Guilala and sweet retreat at this house off the grid, and uh, and it was great. We got a lot of good content. They recorded all these songs, and um, and that was kind of where me and Brandon met. We started talking about getting them on the Bart cast, <laughs> and so here we are. But uh, but yeah, man. I mean, that was another cool element of that was the fact that. Nobody could be on their phones. Yeah. You know, like I kept looking down. <laughs> I left my phone most of the time. I didn't know where it was. And so like every moment that I would be just scrolling through bullshit. Yeah. It's like, okay, well maybe I can try to get another shot or I can go over my footage or I can, you know, so I yeah. thought that was a smart move. That It kind of like made you give <clears throat> extra effort because you had that time. Right. Yeah. It was like every time I sat down, it's like, oh, I don't really got to shoot right now. They're rehearsing. There'd be this voice in my brain that's like, well, what could you do? Something you can do right now? It's like, okay, yeah. And even if it was just like transferring footage or getting organized, it's definitely make, makes it a lot easier when you sit down to, to do the edits. And, you know, I just still can't believe you guys did so much recording on that day. Dude, <laughs> that was so crazy. Like, I don't know. I, I guess I expected us to finish, but I didn't expect us to finish like how smooth everything was. Because we did, well, we committed to doing four songs. I mean, four takes of each song. Mm -hmm. Whether we felt like the second take was good, we just was like, yeah, we're going to still do two more takes. And so I think that was like the point that made everything move like very swift. Because if, if we got to like the fourth take and we still felt like, okay, maybe doing like doing it a fifth time isn't going to make any of those times better right. than we did so yeah. it's just like we're fixing in post like that stuff and it once like yeah like i think just committing to the four times is what made everything run so smooth mm -hmm. and the fact that everyone kind of trusts themselves mm -hmm. to be like and committed to doing the overdubs right it's just like because like um i don't know if you heard like any of the stuff afterwards because me i laid all my parts when we um when we did it like the first day. So I was listening to people doing overdubs, but to listen back to everything together, because I, um, I put some percussion tracks on, mm -hmm. and it was just like, oh, it's like a different feel now. Right. Because it's just like, it's like, you know, the baby that right. we all like yeah. was cultivating together. And then you listen back to it, and this baby's grown like so much. And it's just like, oh, like, where was I? Yeah, <laughs> where right. was I when you were growing? <laughs> Well, it's funny. I'm, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but when you like, when you're recording, and sometimes you just like the original take. The like, sometimes we'll lay down the rhythm part, you know, or the rhythm section where we have, you know, bass, guitar, drums, keys. Yeah. We haven't done any overdubs, and it's kind of like I get a little possessive or protective. I'm like, <laughs> man, it's good enough. This is sick. How could it get better than this? You know. And then, yeah. but then, you know, then the horns come in. You're like, oh, wait a minute. I didn't even mm -hmm. think about that. Or like someone will play a part and you're like, like, I don't really like it. 
but you're only seeing one layer because yeah. they got another part that they're going to play on top of that that's going to really work with that and so like it's like this process of learning patience to like let these other artists yeah you know have their process Dude, you know? I, like seeing that too because a lot of um a lot of the musicians that we were with have like they do their own projects like you know javi does his own thing i do my own thing i think john has like another group that he does some stuff with so everybody's like doing other things like writing other music mm -hmm. and so it's just like you see all these ideas start to come together like um when javi started writing horn lines and it was just like it became like the sickest horn like i'm just driving back like thinking of that horn line right. and i'm just like dude that's like the sickest shit did he I've do the ever... arrangements for some of those songs uh yeah he did okay like yeah he um yeah he gave a lot of input like he was really like hands on and i think um i think for him it's like okay i'm going away to like that's where his mind was at i'm going away to do this music like i'm committing myself like, the time I have with you, I'm committing it to you, like, full-fledged. And he was going, and I, I kind of, like, saw that. And I, Javi's, like, a genius, like, on a whole nother level. I don't, I don't even think he realizes how much of a genius <laughs> he is, because he just, he just, like, oh, this is just me, just right. being a genius. It's like, we know. <laughs> we know, but I don't, I don't think he really realizes, like, like, that horn line that he brought. Yeah. That's just so disgusting. Just and, it, dude, it's so impressive that even the last song that you guys recorded on Saturday, you know, track number eight mm -hmm. was the disco track. Yeah. And you still all came in with fire. Like the energy was hot, you know? Yeah. I, I, you know, my favorite, one of my favorite moments of the whole weekend was, was sitting there and watching Ryan and he, he had this like ghost echo effect and it was like take two or three and he like hit it right in the pocket, like uh -huh. right on the right beat. And I just saw you just, he couldn't see you, uh -huh. but I could see you both. And I just saw you kind of like sit up in your chair, like, <laughs> like the spirit grabbed you and you just suddenly like the drums just like, like the excitement, you know, when you're in the room with the band, sometimes you see everybody have that transcendental group yeah. think where suddenly it's like not six musicians. It's one yeah. entity that's, that's, you know, in the mix. Yeah. And, and so, uh, you know, just to see that moment live, in, you know, I'm like, that's the take. I'm sure. I hope they use that Dude. track because that yeah. shit was, you know. There was a couple of takes where it's just like everyone agreed, like, yeah, that's the one. And like, it's like when you get when you get through a whole song with that feeling, it's just like, yeah, like everybody felt like they killed it from start to finish. Like, right. I nailed all my parts. Like everything felt good. Everything felt where it needed to be. Those are always the takes. And, like, for me, because I'm always listening to the rest of the band, not in, like, a judgmental way, but I'm always fitting my parts in because I'm never trying to step on anybody because I'm just trying to, like, fit it, fit, fill in all the space and, like, kind of guide the groove where it needs to be. And so I'm, like, listening to everyone. So sometimes, like, we're playing to a click. So sometimes I was, like, I was listening to them, and I'll be like, "Oh, where's the click?" And I'll be like, "Okay, okay, yeah, we're still on it." <laughs> like, cause I'll just be so into the music. Mm -hmm. That's why I was like, I was like, "Yeah, I need to click like super loud." Like, mm -hmm. let me, cause I need even if I go there, I can still hear it. Right. But you were telling me about 
growing up and having that you had that teacher who made you play to the click uh oh yeah tell me that on the weekend like just how i remember my brother saying this to me when i was younger just about like yeah if you practice with a metronome enough eventually you're going to hear it in your head at all times yeah when you go down to play music and getting that set so that you always know where the beat is mm-hmm. you know I, I mean there's many of the best players are ear players right yeah ear, but having that intuition of like gun, 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 just in your head yeah and you know i think rhythm is something that could always be tighter for everybody for real you know it's it's kind of like the first i feel like that's the most important aspect of most fundamental part of music to me is like i almost feel like every kid every young music student should start on drums Ooh. you know whatever kind of drums if it's a hand drum or just a percussion instrument yeah. like it's like learning understanding rhythm right yeah because you could play the simplest shit <laughs> one mm-hmm. note two notes but if your rhythm is good yeah you're gonna sound great you know like and, and even the, the the great some of the greatest musicians who 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 can play anything They'll play like a simple line, but because they have that rhythm understanding of rhythm, mm-hmm. it's interesting. They can make it really interesting. And, yeah, for real. You know, with, with the uh, what is it? Is it the famous like Miles Davis? That's all about one say, note Miles solo Davis. or whatever. Yeah, you know? and then like even people talk about uh, John Coltrane, just like his tone, the way the tone that he got out of his sax. Yeah. Like I've heard like so many different things about. Um, what people say he did his mouthpiece, like adjustments he would make to his horn, and I just, I just think that's, that's like searching for your voice, you know. Um, even with me, like I found things over the years with drumming that, like, um, like there are specific size drums that I like. Like my snare is a thirteen by seven. Hmm. Most snares are like fourteen by five and a half. Okay, but. I'm short, man. Yeah. So, and then like having a 13 by seven, just having it one inch in, it allows it allows me to have my legs like in a more natural position, gotcha. so I don't have to like open them like extra wide. Mm-hmm. And then that gives me more freedom to like move around more when I play. Interesting. And so, I, it wasn't until my my guy brother he had got a snare, he had got a 13 by seven, and I played his, and I was just like, man. Like, <laughs> I just felt so I was like man I'm so much freer when I play and I was like yeah like every snare I bought after that was the same does like, it change the tone is there a different difference in, in the sound um yeah there is a difference in the sound uh most people get 13 by 7s because you can um they're a little deeper but they're smaller mm. so you can get that nice pop but like a nice deep sound with it so you can tune it low get a fast sound if you want to or you can mid-tune it, and you can have both, mm-hmm. or you can just have like a have it like really cranked. So like a fourteen, it's a fourteen point seven is the is the regular one you're saying. Fourteen by five and a half, so gotcha. Fourteen circumference and like five and a half in, in depth. depth. Yeah. Oh, so okay, so it's just kind of a squatter. Yeah. You know, uh, deeper drum. Yeah, it's it's kind of like the me drum. It's like kind of like short and stacky, <laughs> like fat, kind of like how I was in yeah. like middle school. Yeah, I feel you. I got right here. I got my little <laughs> three-quarter size short-scale bass. Oh, that's nice. But I love this thing because I can move, you know, up and down the neck so quick. Yeah. If I need to get up, 
less distance to travel and like 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 you i'm a short stocky guy too so like <laughs> i picked that up and i'm like man like you know i could play a normal bass fine but like yeah. when i'm on there it's like oh this is like yeah i can a... i can focus more on the creativity you know and get out of my way yeah for real like my uh one of my housemates my old housemates he used to be well he was a bass player and he had a short scale bass and he let me borrow one day and i was just like dude like <laughs> i was like i love this thing like i laid some of the bass lines on my first album hmm. i laid it on that bass the nice. little short scale bass oh yeah yeah dude yeah dude the uh well, I think that's a good segue, maybe, to, if, if you'll permit me to change course. Well, go ahead. But uh, <laughs> I just wanted to, you know, ask you about, like, just kind of like your experience growing up with music and when, when you got started, mm-hmm. why you, you know, what, what uh, you know, what, what brought drumming into your life and why, why is... Brandon Farmer, uh, a drummer first, I guess. Or I don't know if that's how you you know identify, but I've always heard of you as a drummer. I know you play bass, you play a bunch of instruments, but like... Yeah, I mean, drums was my first instrument. Like, yeah. How did music come into your life, I guess, is the question. Um, well, I grew up playing in church pretty much like all my life. Mm-hmm. Grew up around it. My, um, my dad plays guitar and sings. My mom sings. My grandmother's father was in a group. Like and her her family, yeah, sang and did all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like in my blood to do it. Um, yeah. I mean, I started playing drums at church when I was four, cause my cousin he went to the army, mm. and then we didn't have a drummer. So they was like, uh, that was like, well. <laughs> yeah, you're the drummer. I just, yeah, I remember my grandma came to me. She was like, "Yeah, the pastor gonna want to talk to you at the church." I'm like, "Why? <laughs> like, at why four. you? Wanna, yeah, I'm like, why you want to talk to me?" Yeah, and I was like, "Okay." Like, mm-hmm. and then he was like, "Yeah, do do you want to play drums?" And I'm like, uh, "Sure, yeah, I'll play drums." Mm-hmm. And then yeah, I didn't know like it was so much. Like, I remember. Like, I remember going to choir rehearsals with my mom and not paying attention. And to, like, the music until they started playing. Like, when they started playing, everybody felt comfortable with the song. They would go through the song. That's when I'm like, that's when I was paying attention. So that's what I used to remember about the choir rehearsals. Mm -hmm. Until I started having to go to choir rehearsals (laughs) and playing. So then it became like, oh, yeah, you just got to sit there. And Mm -hmm. I'm just like, okay. So I'll just be there. And now, all of the seats were always broken. So I'm I'm taller standing up than I am sitting down. So someone 4'11 would be, like, I'm sitting down beside them. They could be, like, taller than me while I'm sitting down because my torso is small. Hmm. So when I sat down playing drums, it was always, like, the snare would be, like, right here. Just at your chest. Yeah. And so I'm just literally, like, playing like this. And it would be like, I remember my mom, um, people used to come to church and hear the drums, but they wouldn't see me. So they'll be like, who is playing the drum? And it's just literally because I'm just like this. Yeah. <laughs> and so like, I just remember being at the rehearsals, like kind of like leaning on the bass drum, like halfway almost sleep. 
And then they be like, all right, we're going to run the song. I'm like, all right, we playing the song. Mm-hmm. And then since I was like so out of it, I'm dragging the song. Yeah. Everybody's looking at me. So I'm just, I start getting yelled at by the <laughs> musicians. Start getting yelled at by like choir members and at stuff. At four? Yeah. It was just like, it was, I don't know. I don't know why they just had an attitude. I guess because. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I was good at drums, so they thought I understood that. Did you already? Like, had you played before? They asked you to play. Or? I mean, I would play some. I would play certain songs because my cousin was the drummer. Okay. So he would let me play certain songs, but he was left-handed, so I wouldn't want to play because he was left-handed. Mm-hmm. And then I'd just be like, he'd be like, right, I'll switch the drums around for you real quick. And so if he did that, then I would play. Because I've always been curious. You know, so many of my favorite musicians, you know, their their musical education came through the church. Mm-hmm. And so I've always been really curious about, you know, th- that process. It's always mis- been a mystery to me, like how the training and how the, you know, people come out with this, well, you know, just the energy that is so, you know, different and beautiful. And but it's such a different system than like someone growing up you know, doing, like, jazz band in high school or... Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot less structure as far as, like, that. And it's all dependent upon, like, the emotions of the people in your church. Like, whatever type of church you go to and whatever, like, like, whatever your church believes, that's kind of, like, you're going to be your experience. Mm -hmm. Like, churches are... They're kind of like social media. (laughs) Yeah, churches are kind of like... I like that. It's a good tagline. They're kind of like social media because it's just like, like, you know how when you watch shows and they show the churches or the mothers with the bright dresses with the big hats, like, that's, that's for real. Like, you would have mothers trying to, like, have bigger hats than the other one. It's just like, like, for Internal real. politics. It's just like, you really got this big ass hat on, like, and I'm just like, yo, like, nobody can't see behind you, bro. Like, you on the front, you in the front of the church. Like, nobody can't see behind you. You got this big-ass hat on. And then you talking about, you mad because people going to sleep. It's like, they can't see nothing. Like, what are you doing? Spiritual flexing. <laughs> Spiritual flexing. And then, like, so, one thing, so, I learned, <laughs> I learned something about churches. Like, churches know who the dope man is. Mm. So, I guess I probably shouldn't be snitching on churches, but yeah, they be knowing who the dope man is, because especially church I used to go to, like, every time, every time this one dude used to come into church, like, they always try to take up an offering, for some some reason, <laughs> for some reason, they'll try yeah. to find, they'll find some reason to take up an offering, I, it wasn't until I got to middle school where yeah. I just started seeing it, I was like, gotta take advantage of that guilty conscience, right? One time he was like, "Oh man, they got me." I was like, "They got you," but he came in stunned though. He had all the jewelry on. I was like, "Bro, just flash." He was like, "I'm just here to see my son." I was like, "Bro, it's crazy, right?" Hey man, I mean, you know, that's. I'm sure there's a. I wonder it it puts into my mind like the pastor almost having like his like you know audible. Uh, sermon, you know, on his yeah. podium, like, all right, you know, he's in here, like, time to, time, time to, to crank in, it up. You know, pastors like that. Yeah. Because. Yeah. Oh man. What what uh, what denomination 
was your church? Uh, we were holiness. What? So what is that? It's like Baptist. Okay. Yeah. It's like all uh, Baptist Pentecostal, all that. So were you, you guys are playing a lot of gospel music then? Yeah. So let's see. So when I was when I first started off, we were playing like a lot of John P. Key. Like um, he was like, huh? How can I describe who John P. Key would be like? Um, I mean, we played Kurt Franklin songs too. Mm-hmm. So John P. Key was more of like a R and B version of Kurt Franklin. Okay. Like it was still like the same kind of like hype music, but John P. Key was a real singer. Like he was a singer. He played keys on a lot of his stuff uh, his son played drums and like yeah they used to like make it like funky like going yeah. in yeah. yeah it was on some crazy stuff so we played a lot of that we played a lot of Fred Hammond like um the church that I grew up going to like we had like all the musicians like it was always smacking at our mm-hmm. church it used to be like our church used to get so packed so I remember when I was younger before I started playing drums this was the Dang, this is a whole nother. So I'm gonna tell you this experience, like my side of it, and then I yeah. come back and tell oh, you the dude. other side. So this is a very tangent-friendly environment we're in here. So <laughs> you drive the car left, right, off the road, wherever you want, man. It's all good. <laughs> all right. So I remember, like certain Sundays, you would have like fifth Sundays. They would all like gather at like one church, and so whenever like all the churches would come to our church, we would all have to put like extra chairs out and stuff and then like have all the doors open because it would get so hot especially in the summertime mm-hmm. it would get super hot and they would always tell all the kids to go like into the back like to the kitchen and we used to just be out just be in the back just chilling and we'll be in church for like four hours wow. and then for people that don't know you grew up in north carolina right? oh yeah i grew up in north carolina just trying to put the Wilson. picture in our listeners heads of, of no no you're good just just where <laughs> What the setting is with the climate and the, you know. Yeah, I was grew up in Wilson, North Carolina. It's literally like a pin drop on the map of mm-hmm. the United States. No, but anyway. So yeah, so the kids used to always get sent in the kitchen, and like we'll be in there for like four hours, just coming up with games. Uh, I don't know, getting in trouble, doing stuff. Like somebody would go get somebody mama, and they would come back here and fuss everybody out. Like, yeah, y'all better not say nothing else. Right, right. And then like hour and a half later, it happens again. It's just like, all right, and everybody, and you just happy that it ain't your mama they going to yeah, get. Right, right. <laughs> you like, yeah, if y'all, y'all get somebody else, mama, it's cool. As long, as don't, especially me. It was my grandma. My grandma was in the pulpit, so she came out there. It was um, over for me. Right. Like it was already done. Yeah, yeah. So that's what they used to say. They everybody called my grandma Aunt Katie. Mm. They'd be like, "Don't make me go get Aunt Katie," and everybody yeah. just straighten up because like she's tough. Yeah. In the pulpit, that means she was in the choir. Uh no, she was a uh, preacher. Oh, she was. Yeah. Oh well, wow. She well, she still she's a bishop now. Oh wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. She she moved on up. So, uh, <laughs> but in the context of the church, was she then leading the choir, or was there a pastor who was leading the choir? Oh or? no. The, uh, no, she was just in the, well, because some Sundays, the Sundays that she wasn't preaching, she would still be in the pulpit for just like, um, just, I guess so, as like that recognition. Like, mm, like a, it's her status? Like yeah. Respect? Yeah. Gotcha. 
So would she read sermons though on Sundays? She's yeah, verified. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's verified. Yeah, she, she got the blue check. Yeah, she, she got the blue check. I told you, it's, it's, it's social, social media. media. <laughs> it's social media for sure, for sure. Like the followers or the people in the congregation, yeah. the people with the blue checks, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. All the people on stage and like the people that you know for sure, like the people who got like the millions of followers are the ones that are like in the pulpit. Mm. Those are those ones, but the ones who are like, you know, the musician stuff, they have blue checks, but you know, they got like 180,000 followers, yeah. you know, because a lot of people only know them off of either the pastor that they playing behind or mm. the church, you know what I'm saying? So, gotcha. And that's, and that's literally like social media, and I'm yeah. like, that's hilarious, because one of my friends, he toured the world behind his pastor, because his pastor used to go around preach mm. in different countries, and he... That was his full-time job, and this was when he was in high school. So he was touring the world when he was in high wow. school, going around just playing. Just because his pastor was like, yeah, I need you with me. And that's what that was his job. It's really interesting because I think a lot of people who might be into, you know, into the, you know, the, those classic pop music, you know, R&B and soul mm-hmm. musicians might not be aware of just how much the structure of like the soul man who's the name on the marquee who's got his band comes from that background yeah. right like it's it's a very similar for like a al green or an mm-hmm. otis or you know even ray charles yeah he's coming out of this background where you have that dynamic of the pastor with his band and bringing that to stage in a secular context yeah right? and doing kind of the same thing Maybe you change the, the songs to be about love or a woman instead, mm-hmm. of, instead of like Jesus. A, yeah. So it's interesting to hear you say that because, you know, I know that it, in, until pretty recently I wasn't aware of, you know, when I start, started hearing people talk about that kind of stuff, it was like a light bulb. Like, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. that's where that comes from. That's so interesting. Yeah. You know, like, Dude, it's funny for me. Like, I've been having that, like, the other way around because I was so sheltered as a child, like, I feel like I'm learning social cues. Like, I've been out here for, like, almost 10 years. So, I've been learning social cues from, like, the Bay. And, like, everything goes on out here. So, it's just, like, I'm used to everything because it's just, like, a lot of things I experience for the first time is just, like, well, I don't have an opinion about that because mm-hmm. this happened to me, like, once. and it Or maybe it happened to me twice, but it was, like, the experiences were so stretched out. It's, like, I don't have an opinion about it. I just know it happened. Mm-hmm. So, it's, like, if somebody says something about it, it's just like, that's just the thing that happens. That's how, that's all I can like, you know what I'm saying? That's all I can um, gather from that. You came straight here from North Carolina? Uh, Well, kind of. I was, um, I went to school in Arizona for audio engineering for a year in 2011. And then I came out here. January after that, like a week after my birthday, to play to play music and yeah, I was working at a production company. Gotcha. Yeah, his uncle was actually like the CEO of that company. Okay, can we give him a shout out or? Nah, we're not even giving no okay. shout outs, bro. All good. All good. <laughs> that that was we said too much already. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right cool. Man. That's much of it. Yeah, yeah. No, it's all good. I just you know, <laughs> I'm looking to to. to to pay respect to those that we need to pay respect to. You know? Oh man! Ooh. So you came out here to to, to do that, mm-hmm. and uh, and so up until that point, you'd been playing at this church in the church band. Uh yeah, well, like I'm always curious. Like I feel like there's got to be 
it's got to be competitive, right? To who gets to be in that band? Like, like, isn't there a lot of people trying to play? So, for me, I was I was never like aware that I was good because it was just I've always been good. It's like there wasn't a time that I was like really terrible. It was just like I would lose focus. Mm-hmm. Like as long as I was paying attention to what I was doing, I was good. But when I was a little kid, I was like I was poor, man. I right? Was, of course. So it's just yeah. like. So that's why they would work on me on my focus. So it's just like, by the time I got in middle school, it was just like nothing. Like I could just, I could be writing something and like playing yeah. drums. It was just right. like nothing. Cause, but then um, it wasn't until I got to high school and I met like um, these drummers that was really good. They were just doing like all these crazy rudiments all over the kit. And I was just like, whoa. I remember I walked into the church and he was practicing. And I was just like, yo, I never heard drums sound like that before. And I was just like, oh. And then he was like, yo, check out all these drummers. And the first drummer he actually told me to check out was Thomas Prison. No way. Yeah. Thomas Prison was the first drummer I ever seen on YouTube. Wow. And I seen, I was like, bro, what? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, they was like, yeah, California, man, this dude smashed. He was like, man, I got to get out to California, blah, blah, blah. And yeah. Funny. Yeah. But yeah, like me and Thomas is like cool friends. Like, so that's, that's so crazy. Like how time fast forwards like that. That's hella funny too because I feel like living in the, growing up in the Bay, like I'm seeing the opposite. Like I see so many YouTube videos that are like, oh, this dude's from, you know, uh, North Carolina or this dude's mm-hmm. from here, from I'll there. Never meet him. This no, far away yeah, place yeah, like, that's like, you know, like, like it's it's interesting here in the, you know, the, the opposite because yeah. I feel like the Bay <laughs> has a really rich musical tradition, but there's also like a certain like a certain romance to like people coming from the south and like the, the just the traditions out there like yeah. so much of my favorite music are from you know states like Georgia and Alabama and you know the, the south you yeah, know? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a different uh, you know makes some like, good music out yeah, there yeah totally so that's cool man so so yeah so how many how many years were you playing in the church band then um man well, I played there until I came out here. Okay. Yeah. Um, dang, that's actually crazy. I never really realized that until right now. Because I, I switched to playing keys. Because, mm. um, so, the band, so we used to have, it was me on drums, this guitar player, and, uh, I was about to say names. I'm going to just say this guitar player. We had... Two keyboard players. One of them was my cousin, and the other one was his dad. And then we had a bass player, and it was weird because we were all fit. We all fit in like this tight corner. Like the, the guitar player was on the front, uh, the front pew. He would have his guitar on the um, on a seat, and he would sit on the front pew and play. Mm-hmm. And then the drums was right beside it. And then it was my cousin, his dad, and the bass player. And then it was like the pastor study door back there. So we were all literally lined up <laughs> at like a line. And it was so funny. And like um, for me, um, I was in the front of the church because it's like me, the guitar player is on the front pew. Okay. So I always had to learn how to play quiet. So like their focus and control, they really like used to right. nail me about that. So like my dynamics as a drummer grew for me just wanting to play because I was like, I can't, I can't, I know I couldn't detain like expressing myself. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, let me control it 
in a way that's acceptable for like them. Right. I mean, that's to me that's one of the marks of a good drummer is like, can you play soft and fast? Because yeah. a lot of players when they start out, it's hard to play fast without playing louder. Yeah. You know. Because it's like you're already gonna play louder because you're playing more notes. Yeah. So it's just like you have to control that. It's like a almost like a different shift mm-hmm. of like almost like a different, not a different muscle group, but it's like you're using more of like those, you're using them more intensively because you're playing softer. Right. And it's just like a lot of drummers, that's where it is. Like you're, those muscles aren't like developed. So it's good to like practice soft. Like me, I try to practice everything I can do loud, I can do soft. Mm-hmm. Like, because I want that same uh, control. Right. And I think... Uh, comes from a lot of breathing too Mm. like for me i'm learning more more about like how my breathing like needs to be better because i've been working on my singing a lot more and i'm just like yo i'm terrible at breathing it's like how have i been alive this long and i'm so terrible at breathing like i find myself like just playing drums doing fields and i'm just like bro you didn't breathe through none of that like you know how long this song been going on how many times you took a breath in it's just like yo i don't even know then then when i do take a breath i'm just like like oh yeah, Oxygen. like yeah. yeah, like yeah, you're but you're killing yourself. Breathe. That, that, that reminds me, uh, when I would, you know, when I was living in San Francisco, I was playing. I'd go play like pickup soccer a couple nights a week, mm-hmm. and for months, man, I was in this slump where I could just not score a goal. You know, I'm a, I've always been a striker. I like to score. I like to run, and uh, I've never been a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I was playing. And I just couldn't put it in the net. I just, no matter how much I tried. And and one night, I was working at this nightclub downtown, and my homie who worked with me, I brought him to play. He's a good player. And I'm playing awful, and he comes up to me, puts his hand on my shoulder, and he's like, man, can I give you a couple notes? I was like, yeah, sure. Like, whatever it takes, you know. He's like, hey, man, first of all, you're trying to play every position. You know, like, stay in your lane, <laughs> yeah. you know, like. Like, you're good, but just, like, you're trying to play defense, offense. Like, just focus on, on what you want to do. And the second thing he said is, like, I've been watching you, man. You're not breathing. Like, every time you go to take a shot, you're holding your breath. And the shot's going left or mm-hmm. right. And uh, so I listened to him. And, and, like, within, like, five minutes, I scored. You yeah. Know? I just, like, started breathing again. And I was like, oh, yeah, the ball went right where I wanted That's, it to. Okay, yeah, great. so crazy. You know? and, I've had to remind myself that when I get in the game and I start feeling like out of sync, mm-hmm. just like start breathing deep and, and reset that. And just like you said, like it, yeah, so many of us don't know how to breathe. Dude, you know? I think it's, I think it's a thing we take for granted because it's something that you didn't have to learn. It's just like you've always done it. Right. Because if you didn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be here. So it's like, it's not something that you would consciously think about unless you choose to do that mm-hmm. and so like yeah for me it's a literally like playing drums forever and then playing basketball like i was literally telling him the other day like man playing basketball i have to think about breathing more when i don't have the ball like right. that's the time to breathe right like when you don't have the ball because then when you get it and you you got more energy then you can do more stuff then you got more energy to exert that's what like I was like man that was just like something so easy but I was like it just made me think like someone like Kobe oh of course that's what he was doing Mm -hmm. 
Like, anytime you seen Kobe playing bad defense, what was he doing? Oh, he was breathing. He needed that. He was like, yeah, I'm going right. to take this playoff. Totally. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm about to get a bucket. <laughs> well, and it's true, too, with the, like, so much about conditioning, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, is about, like, being able to continue to, like, oxygenate yourself. Yeah. As you get start to get a little tired, like, I find that once – you know, game three, game four, if we're playing pickup, you know, mm-hmm. just the other night I was out uh, playing Frisbee with my buddy. And it's like in the beginning, I'm making these trick catches. I'm running it out. I like my, like my hands are working really well at mm-hmm. gripping and timing. But as I started to get a little winded, the first thing that goes is that fine motor control. Mm-hmm. And like suddenly I'm flubbing easy catches and it's like, it takes so much oxygen just to focus your brain and, and focus that energy on those little specific things. So like, you know, in basketball or even, you know, even more like when you're in, in, a, in a situation like music where like everything's a dynamic. You know? Yeah. Like how do you move your elbow? That's going to change Dude. how your snare sounds, right? Like how Bro. do you move your neck? That's going to change things. As in with drums, man, you're using all four limbs to make music. So like I think that's like the most embodied place to be you know yeah and, and you got to dance while you're sitting too right yeah that's kind of what you're doing too you're playing four things and you got to groove with your head and you got to dance and like yeah uh so i can see that i can <laughs> see that breathing would, would be really important for, but yeah it's just like so crazy that like that's not even something that I, like registered me like my breathing i always thought i like i need to like better control of my breathing when I would do other things. Like, when I would play sports, I was like, oh, yeah, I don't play no sports. That's why I don't have, like, control over it like that. Not realizing that, dude, you're you're drumming. Like, when I was, so when I was in school, like, like I just practiced. Like, when I didn't have anything to do, I was practicing. Mm. Like, um, I started doing my homework in school so I can just go home and practice. You had a kid at your house? Did your parents? I had an electric kid. kid. Okay. So I would just like listen to my uh, my iTunes playlist, like four or five hours. My grandma coming there. Oh, you gonna eat? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, let me go get some food. Back to it, just. But that was just like my zone. It was like, it was like my safe haven, you know, from like all the craziness that was going on. Did your uh, did you did you guys ever play as a family together? Well, my dad. My dad, um, my dad wasn't around like that, mm. but, um, I did play, I played in his group for a while. I played drums in his group. What was that like? It was, it was interesting. Cause he, he played a different style of music. Have you heard of like quartet music? Like classical? Or, uh, no. Nah. Or like barbershop quartet kind of stuff? Yeah. Kind of like that. But like, but like gospel mm. quartet. So it's, like, but singing harmony, four yeah, harmonies. Yeah, like built around the voice. I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like the music in that, the drum parts are like literally almost the same, like in every song. So like, that's why I really learned to kind of like fine tune my focus, like how to learn how to focus when I don't want to focus. Because mm. it's just like between like the relationship between me and my dad and then playing this music, it was just like, bro, like, you're not helping your situation. Right. And so, like, I used to just be here like, all right, bro. <laughs> so it was just like me, me being a kid, but, like, understanding, like, stuff 
like I didn't understand how mature my mind was because I would be in these situations. I'd be like, but I told him I would play drums, so I need to like you know. I need to make it good. And then, like, every time, I think it used to make him mad. Every time afterwards, people used to always congratulate me and ah. be like, yeah, I need to hire your son for some session work. I need to do that and all this stuff. A little jealousy. Think, yeah, I think he used to play or hate me because I never yeah. got that session work either. Yeah. <laughs> Salted up. Yeah. I felt like my family used to play or hate me a lot. Mm. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. Yeah. I don't have any, you know, any ill will towards any of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. They did what they Family's thought. Family's tough, you know. man. Oh, bro. Yeah. I mean, my, my dad was a musician, too, and me and my brother grew up, like, watching him play, you know, these shows. He, he was player a lot in the North Bay and stuff. Mm. Actually, I can show you, uh, while we're talking, he, uh, a couple of his albums, mm-hmm. he was kind of like a local, you know, lightweight local legend, dude, played, like, kind of blues, rock and roll kind of stuff. Okay. Oh, that's tight. That was one of his, one of his albums. Oh, this is dope. Um, you know, my dad, rest in peace, he passed last January. Um, oh, man. But, you know, he was, uh, he was, grew up in Florida, and, uh, you know, he grew up playing at, you know, he'd cross the tracks and go play at, like, the black clubs, and, uh. You know, he was just always in love with, you know, the blues music and soul music. And, you know, he kind of had that rock and roll thing going, too. But, uh, but yeah, he wasn't really there for me and my brother, either. You yeah. Know, he was just this musician guy. And, uh, but, you know, I'm just, I'm happy that, like, later in life, in my 20s, you know, me and my brother got to share the stage with him a couple times and play oh, with him. Dope. And he was always just, like, so stoked to... You know, to do his thing, and he was a front man singer, kind of. Yeah. You know, loved making dirty jokes. He was kind of a dirty <laughs> old man in the end, you know. Like everyone kind of like knew that about him, you know. So it was like, yeah. You know, women like kind of just pat him on the head, like, okay, buddy, like you know, yeah. Like, you know, like he was harmless. He didn't mean anything by it, but that's just kind of like how he grew up. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, man, it's it's tough, you know. Like he. He wasn't really there as a father for me and my brother. My mo- my mom raised us pretty much. And, yeah. Um, but you know, but it's cool that you're able to, you know, to to see past it and not, you know, for me it's been such a gift, not feeling like I have to hold on to like the anger or the yeah, dude, you know, the pain from, you know, I don't judge him. I know he had a hard life. Yeah, I mean, you know? I felt like it was a it was a decision that he had to make at that time, and he had to do what was best for him in that decision. I feel like. If I would have put myself in that situation, maybe I would have did the same thing. Like, right. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But, like, since I know how, you know, the result of that situation, now I know not to put somebody else in that situation. Yeah, you know what it feels like. Because I know like. what it feels right. like, yeah. Exactly. So it's like the understanding of that is just like, yeah, I'm not I'm not really, like, into, you know, doing mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. For sure. But, yeah. So you came out You came out to, to the Bay. What was your first... What year was this? It was what? It was 2012. So what was your first, you know, reaction to coming out here? What was your first, you know, what uh, was it like? Man, it was the uprise of the Warriors, bro. Yeah. So everything was literally Warriors everything. Like, it was just like, so the way the way everybody believes in the Warriors now is how the Bay believed in the Warriors when I got here. Like, right. Like, 
every game, like if you went to a store, you saw all, that's all you saw. Yeah, was jerseys. Yeah, like it didn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't matter. Like you saw a hat. Like everybody from the Bay, they let you know. Like oh yeah, the Warriors are serious. Like they we bought that. Yeah, and then like soon a couple of years later, people started to see. And now. It's just like everybody believes it, but it's like I came into that, mm-hmm. and it was just like, yeah, this dude, yeah, like, yeah, I came into a full fledged, yeah, and I didn't know. Oh yeah, I like Chris Paul, so Chris Paul's well, like, he's okay. like one of my okay, favorite. Okay, cut, cut the tape. We're done. We're done. Here. <laughs> <laughs> I like Chris Paul. Chris Paul. I mean, I feel like he's a really good point guard. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying he's the best. Yeah. Not by any means, but I really, I really do like him. Okay. I really do like his style. It's yeah. like I feel like if I was an old man, like um, mm-hmm. going to that, I would play like Chris Paul. But okay. like me as a, I'm more like a Kyrie esque player. Okay. When, when I'm breathing right. Yeah. No, man, I saw you last night. You're quick. Move around like me. Man, my shot was so terrible last night, dude. That's why I was just like, I can pass. You, me, and both, man. I was, I was breathing dude, in no. the first game. That first game was so disgusting. I, I was just I looking at the sideline like, oh, the floater. It was just floating in. So. I had the highlight of the whole day. I had that one uh, reverse oh, layup. Oh, yeah. Was, it literally was, was a prayer shot. Like, I didn't, it was a no look. I just threw it up, but like, I've done that enough times yeah. where, like, I know where I kind of know, like, the amount of force. No, yeah, yeah, I know yeah. Enough I to put it up there. Yeah. <laughs> to give me a chance. And, you sure. know, if I'm being honest, those backboards were quite forgiving. You know, I'm used to playing Dude, over here yeah. at Bushrod that has, like, little stiffer backboards. The rims For don't sure. quite yeah. have as much give. There's a lot going in that I probably had no rights to make <laughs> last night. But that first game was good. But then, yeah, I started to get tired. And then, you know, those little fine motor controls suddenly. Oh, bro. You know, when we, my, my when we hit that 515, it was all Woo. bad. I already told y'all. Woo. I was like, it's bad. Yeah. That's why when they kept, bro, I don't know who it was, but they kept throwing full court passes. I was yeah. like, I will stay here, bro. Right. bro I will stay was right here. Bro, yeah. I was like, I'm not mad. Dude, that tall dude. Yeah, that tall dude was crazy. That yeah. Shit, that, that tall dude. I was like, yeah, tall dude, whatever. Uh, You're just going to jack up three. He played overseas. He played overseas. Oh, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's a hooper. We saw him play last week, and I was like, so that's why, like, I, like, yeah. That's why when he was like, he was going to guard him, I was like, bro, guard up. Yeah, but I was guarding up. But he, I he mean, took three the, steps the back. First, the first time you didn't guard up. Yeah, because I, I, didn't, I didn't think he was going to jack it like But the that. second time, it was bad. Because yeah, it was like, like you was day. here. Yeah. And, and he was, bro, and he, and he, he went there. I was like, I did, honestly, I didn't think it was going in. I was like, bro, that's not going in. And it just dropped in. I was like, I was like, well, that's was all like, game, hey, dude. I was like, hey, bro. Hey, bro, what are you doing? I mean, no, they, they not... stepped on the court with five fresh legs. Bro. bro. And they but, were... but in the superstar. He took a yeah. he took a phone call. He took a phone call. He took a phone call. And, and the... took a shot while he was I on never the phone. saw that move before I came to Oakland, but that's, that's the definitely that's move the out here yeah, for sure. The, the, the dude is like, hold on one minute. And then he goes and he's like, you know, I'll get a quarter pound. It's See, I'm not even I'm not even enough of a hooper to even go in that mindset. Right. I gotta focus so much oh, just to be halfway good. For sure. And it's like for me, I gotta work so hard because like I'm 
you know, we not tall. Uh-huh. So we got to work harder. We got to work twice as hard as everybody else. That's why I get frustrated. I started, you know, it's, it's my practice. I'm trying to work on not talking shit so mm. much because sometimes I get Bro, really frustrated. But, like, I can't talk shit because, like, yeah. I'm going to start. I can't play and laugh. Right. Like, I figured that out. Like, yeah. playing with them. I don't know if you know James. James Smalls. That name sounds really familiar. Yeah, he's like six six, but his name yeah, his name is nice. James Smalls. Okay. <laughs> when, when you see James, you'll know. You yeah, know James. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's oh, a you're drummer. James Small? Yeah, I've heard. Oh, of, you're James I've, Small. I've, I've, I've heard of the na- his name. I've probably seen him at like Funk Night before. Or something. Yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, you for sure probably saw him towering over everybody. Yeah. But yeah, so like, I would hoot with him, and like, like <laughs> just hooping with him, he he does some of the funniest stuff because he's like an old man. Right. A strong ass uh, old man. Yeah, no. but he like just says like these things that be so funny, and that's like yo, like I would just like when I laugh, when I laugh and I'm playing basketball, I don't know if it's just like because my body is like active, I just start tingling all over, and it's just like bro, I can't, I can't, I can't stop laughing. It's <laughs> yeah. like the more I move, the more I'm gonna laugh, and if I'm trying to dribble, it's like yo, I can't play. Yeah, like I can't play and laugh, and it's just like yo, like dang. But you, you actually hustle, man. I see. I was getting frustrated <laughs> with that one dude on my team. Who was just yakety yak and I'm like, man, you run your mouth more than you run the court, bro. Like, come on, like, like it's one thing if you're trying, but like all you're doing is putting up these bunk ass threes. You're yeah. missing front rim every time. Like, I think I went for maybe three and, for twenty seven. Playing, playing super and, lazy, bro, for real. which all that, all right, cool. But you're also gonna open your mouth and argue every foul call and every you know that's but that's he, when he, it, does, he does it with that because that's his cousin like right. so like yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Dynamic, like there's a dynamic totally. those two. No, I'm just saying that like what I'm trying to work on is not letting yeah, that get yeah, to yeah, me because yeah, yeah. nah, yeah, then nah, it's because then I'm shit. the asshole and like you know it's like it's my own frustration with myself really like I'm like I should be playing better you know but. but uh but it's no, it's all funny. I mean, everything kept, everything stayed remarkably positive. Oh, for know? sure. I mean, everybody out there is like, for the most part, cool. Like a lot of them are shit talkers. Yeah, they're just like, they're, they're, they're just yeah, they're just which which I love. That's cool. part. Of, that's yeah. a fun part of the game. You know, is like it's kind of like you're everybody's working on their own stand up routine <laughs> as they're playing. You know, and like if you can get everyone laughing, that's a win. That's yeah. a point. You know, like if you know, so I appreciate that element of it for sure. It's. I'm trying to like stay in that zone rather That's than. That's actually how I got good at defense. I made a nigga, I made a laugh, and then and I got like get you distracted for a second and just get you <laughs> tactic, right? Totally. <laughs> and then then that one dude, you know, I, I love it. You know, coming out here to, to Oakland, one of my favorite things was like, I go play at like Mosswood, show up, I'm the short white guy, right? <laughs> Everybody writes me off from the start. They're like, you know, they like, like nah, white man can't bro, jump. Nah, you know? It's like, this guy can't fall, and so nobody plays D on me. Yeah, and then, and then, and then next thing you know, I get, you know, seven, eight points in a pickup game. Yeah. And the funniest thing is then that dude's boys start ragging on him. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you're letting this guy Yeah, yeah but then, see, yeah. See, and, and that, like that's that. what I, like, as a spectator, always yeah. watching that happens. It kind of puts you at a weird, like, it puts the other person in a weird position because yeah. then the guy starts playing hella hard oh, and aggressive, yeah. and it has nothing to do, to do with, with you. you. Yeah. And also, but then, but see, like, my thinking about that is like, bro, if I'm if I'm the other guy, I'm upset. Like, oh, yeah. no, I just busted your ass. You want to play defense? Yeah. You should have played defense earlier. Yeah. Don't take it out on me. No, that's just just hella funny to me because it's like, stupid. I mean, as long as you know, sometimes you get fools out there that are like drunk and it's dangerous, yeah. bro. Know? Facts, yeah. But like. When it's just like 
you know, I just, there's nothing I love more than getting, this, you know, this dude just comes to me with this I, 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 attitude, yeah, and then yeah. now it's like, I don't even got to talk shit because your boys are people on my way for me, you know? Like, <laughs> they're going to say everything right. I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, like, last night, you know, the, the, with the matchups, I got that big dude guarding me, and Bro, I was like, oh, it's, it's cookies because, like, yeah. ain't no way you're going to stay on me. This guy's lazy. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I was able to D him up. You know, to where he didn't get many shots mm-hmm. until like the you know until I shifted to the Asian dude who was hell of dirty. Bro, that guy was like he hit. Bro, yeah. He got but that me. other dude, the dude that the bigger guy suddenly just starts pulling these. I mean, shots that's what he does. That's yeah. what he does, bro. Yeah, well, he just stepped like, on the court. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. That shit was big. Like if he, like the thing oh, is, if he gets know. going with that, that's like mm-hmm. money, and yeah. it's it, it becomes kind of weird because it's just like. He'll be so far back, you'll be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to give you that. Right. And then he just drop it in. He's just like, bro, I got to guard you out there. But then you see, like, oh, yeah, he's going to pull those anyway. Yeah. So it's just like. He don't normally make them. Yeah, he don't normally make them. Yeah, yeah, I could tell yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And also, I could also tell that, like, if you actually were in his face, like when I was up on yeah. him. Yeah, he's going to miss. Yeah. He's going to miss. Yeah, for he's sure. Gonna, yeah, he's going he's gonna to get. Yeah, but the, he can't dribble. That's yeah. yeah. No, he. Did, I was like, no way, this guy's gonna drive. I just got to take away the shot. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But but the but the Asian dude in the yeah, mask yeah. was dirty because he would just go. He would just drive straight hey, at you. Finish, bro, that yeah, he had so much finesse at the rim. Yeah, I'm not bro. used to to playing against a guy who's taller than me and quicker than me. Yeah. Usually, I'm the most explosive, quick little guy. But this guy, it was like a combination of my shoes being worn out, mm-hmm. slippery court, yeah. and being a little out of shape. And this guy, he was probably, what, like 24, 25, I'd imagine? Bro, I don't even know. But he, he got me a couple times. I was like, bro. Yeah. Like, I deed him up one time. And he was like, all right. He, he passed the ball. He was like, all right, all right. Yeah. I think he was just getting a little tired. Dude, he got me with my own move. <laughs> uh, the Hobie hook. I'm like, I'm oh. like, my move is to like... When they don't know that I'm like right hand dominant, I'll just burst, mm-hmm. and then I can usually get an angle to, off the backboard for the layup. Hmm. Wow. He yeah, fucking yeah, got yeah. me. On, nobody gets me on that, man. Like, I was <laughs> so surprised. I was like, yeah. I never. I what? I, that's how I just. He was. But he, he was, was good. He, he was, was really good. good. Yeah. And uh, especially I, later in the night, as as people started to get tired, and, and yeah. that three on three at the end. Yeah, he really took he was over. good at conserving his energy, and he could pull up too. He Bro, his shot. He he. Held a shot on the whole night. I was like, bro, when we played at five on five, I shot two air balls. One was a two, mm-hmm. and then I saw, I felt a little better because I was like, let me breathe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I felt a little better, and then I was like, I was wide open for the three. I was like, I can't, I can't like not shoot it. Yeah, but I air ball. I was like, bro, yeah, no. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to the rack where I'm passing. Like, right. And then that's when dudes started throwing those like um, full court passes. And I was just like, I'm just playing defense. Yeah, I'm just playing football, really. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we and we almost won that game. That was funny because, like, bro was literally the only one scoring points to do in the blue hoodie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was literally oh, yeah. the only one hey, scoring he points. That because he was getting down. I was right. like, I ain't, I ain't mad grill. at it. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, he uh, he got an ugly jump shot. Super ugly. It's it was so like ugly. it was so flat. It was mm-hmm. like Draymond shot. Oh, it, but like the thing is, uh, what makes it so ugly? He pulls up like he about to shoot right handed. Yeah, cause and then he, he shoots with the left. He shoots left handed. He's like, whoa. He be like, how did you? That's what it was. I was because I remember one shot. <laughs> but he made it. He, he started made... like on the right side yeah. of his body, and then it, he brought it around like horizontally. Yeah, and then released. And I was like, how did that go straight? You were like and moving. Then, and then, yeah, and that was. Uh, yeah, I kind of yeah. had to shake my head on, on a couple of those. It's just like, all right, man. Yeah. 
I feel it. Because, yeah, I was guarding them, but you kept getting switched off on them. Because they kept setting screens for them. Well, and I was happy to let you take the, the quick dude. <laughs> At a certain point, I was like, look, man, pride aside, like, I got to... I was like, all right, win, I'll try to stick know? with them. <laughs> but, yeah, man. So, you got out here. Dubs are going off. Yeah, dude. It was what was crazy. the culture shift like for you coming to the Bay? Well, I just thought everybody was weird. As far as... Um, <laughs> That's the best. That's the soundbite right there. Yeah, I just thought everybody was weird. Like that's that's the only thing I could say about it because there was so many things. I think it was a mixture of like me being in a new place and like and experiencing so many things physically mm-hmm. and emotionally at so at like a quick point in time, and then like being around like all new people that like I never met before, but like in a place in a setting where they're com- comfortable in, in a place where I'm not. Right. So it's just like, okay, this was like, you know, it was like, like the whole full, like everything. I'm like super vulnerable by everything because I'm in a new place. I'm around people I don't know. Like I literally only knew one person. Mm. That my brother, my guy brother, he okay. was out here. Gotcha. So and that's the whole reason kind of like why I came out here. He was like, bro, yeah, come on out here. We need another, I need another engineer. I need somebody to help me, blah, blah, blah. I was like, Where was he know. living? Oh, we were living in East Oakland. Okay. But yeah, we went to high school together. Gotcha. Yeah, in North Carolina. So he moved out here, I think, like in August or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then I moved the following January. So yeah. But um, yeah, that was like my first. And Alice was just like, it was weird. It was just, I guess, different, you know, mm-hmm. different than what I was used to. And then. um. As I got more like acclimated with like what everything that was going on, it became more of a thing. It, it became me accepting the learning experience. Like I wasn't just shying away from like, oh, that's different. You know what I'm saying? I was like, oh, I can't do that. Yeah. So let me like really experience things for what they are. And I think that took like a year or two, <laughs> maybe three, because it was just so, it was just so much. Because I'm from like such a small town where a lot doesn't go on. Mm. Like I feel like, like a month here is like. Like almost like six in my town. Like, mm-hmm. like when I was back home, it just felt it felt like one long day because mm-hmm. it's just like everything's so slow. You know, the pace um, of life is faster out here for sure. Oh, for sure, it's on a whole another level, man. Like, even just like the way your your mind is stimulated out here, it's like so much more. Cause like, um, yeah, everybody's on the hustle out here. It's like, yeah. I mean, I grew up in a small town and coming even to to San Francisco or Oakland, like. It's a different pace, you know, and, and I'm always like feeling guilty all the time. Like I'm not working hard enough. Yeah. And that's been what I've been working on last year and this year is like to like hear that voice, but not to be ruled by it and to understand that like, no, I'm working, I'm working hard, and yeah. it, but that's what I want to do, you know? And like, yeah, I'm not like putting in the hours that like my techie friend who's working <laughs> 60 hours a week is, but I don't want them anyways. I don't want to yeah. live that life. It's so. like, he doesn't even want that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like. It uh, yeah, I feel you on that. It's it's people crazy here, man. <laughs> yeah. But it's just different because like I feel like people work just as hard in the south, but it's just in a different way. Mm. Like it's more like um, like they'll work a job, and then they'll do like something else totally different on the side because you have the time to you have mm. the time to invest in that. So like mm-hmm. sometimes people they'll work like a nine to five. And then when they get off work, it's just like the other job that they do makes more money 
for them, but it's just like, it's like, but this is like, this is my W-2, you feel me? So it's just, you know what I'm saying? It's like that type of hustle, and it's like easier to do that. And then mm-hmm. like, with being in the South, things go further with word of mouth. So if you have a certain type of product that somebody really likes, they gonna go to you for that. Interesting. Yeah, because it's like, because it's still like that small town vibe. Mm. See, like out here, it's like you can have so many people do the same thing, so you yeah. got so many options, you know? You don't have to really like build a connection with somebody and then like really get to know because you just been going to this dude year yeah. after year, so it's just like I feel like. Um, Was it? What, did you find it like when you were in the South? I'm just curious. I've never been to the South before, so mm-hmm. so. Um, but as far as like the culture, like, is it more racially seg- segregated still than it is out here? Is there? Were you still? Seeing a blend of people from different like ethnic backgrounds hanging out together, I, I know the Bay is kind of a melting pot. Yeah, for sure. But I'm curious, you know, coming from growing up out here in California, you know, just understanding what it's like in different parts of the country in that regard. Um, well, it's not really like where I'm from. There was only like it was black, white, Mexican, like a little Asian. Mm-hmm. Like I literally went to high school with like one. Yeah, yeah, that was that was it, and it's funny because like I didn't register that until I came out here. <laughs> right, just like that just was like, life. Just, city one yeah. time, yeah. Right. San Jose, bro. And I was just like, whoa, like so crazy. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I didn't like that was like a whole lot of things. Like that's what I was saying. Like that couple years mm-hmm. into it, it's just like I had to like really like, oh yeah you don't really know anything about these people. Like, so it's just like, you can't, you know, there's nothing that your brain can like go back to and be like, why do I feel this way? It's just like, well, you shouldn't, but figure out why you feel this way around <laughs> right. these people. Totally. It's like, all right, let me get, be around them and see why I figure out, yeah. figure, you know, figure all these things out. Oh, for sure. Find out why they said they feel dry. Bro, man. <laughs> Yo. I don't, I don't know. Yo, it's crazy. So, oh, I mean, that, you know, I grew up in Marin, you know, which is like one of the whitest places ever. Yeah. You know? and, and like, you know, we had like maybe like five black kids in my school. Yeah. And I was friends with like maybe two of them, you know, through basketball and hanging out. And, yeah, yeah. You know, I got into hip hop, you know, probably in late middle school, early high school, and, and then into soul music through hip hop. You know, I was like, all these beats sound the same and I love it. And then I'm like, oh shit, there's a whole genre that's just that vibe? Like, yeah, yeah, shit, yeah, yeah. Right, I love that shit. Uh, but even like living in the city, like I remember, you know, my brother came out here when he was like 18 mm-hmm. and I used to come, he lived literally on Alcatraz and Shattuck, like two blocks from here. And I thought I was coming out to the hood every time I'd come visit him. You yeah. Know, Cause I didn't have that experience. Mm-hmm. So I'd be like trying to like put a, mean look on my face stick my chest out probably look ridiculous but like you know it it wasn't like it was just a lack of exposure i I don't i only knew about the culture out here from like you know yeah hawk and like yeah you know like the hip-hop elements that i liked or whatever and the Mm -hmm. movies and and the culture like pop really people don't even like pop in Marin, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, yeah, class high school. yeah no, you know I got right. friends who were in classes with them. Yeah, like, so like, that's, that's... but it's been that's been one of my favorite things being out here is like learning more intimately about black culture mm-hmm. and 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 not in like a way 
as if it's like another thing right. or it's like oh that's what they do it's more like no it's like, the experience it's my neighbor yeah. and i'm not seeing him as like being or you guys like i'm not seeing as like being different people it's just like yeah. oh yeah we all have like our funky weird stories of who we are and where we came from it, to me it's just fascinating it's like yeah one of the sure. things i love about living out here and it's weird to go home sometimes now because it's like man Where's that element? Where's that? Yeah. You know, the, like, yeah, when you don't have the element, yeah, I definitely understand that. And, and, and yeah. just seeing that, like, the, I can go to, like, a house party in West Oakland. There's going to be all kinds of people at it. There are houses in West Oakland. Yeah. yeah. In the middle of West Oakland, having, right. having some, cause some of the dopest music, Bro. right, ever. Like, the dopest jazz, like, like, like it in was the getting, middle of West Oakland. Bro, it was getting big. Right. It was getting big. Like, he was having, like, big-name DJs. Like, mm-hmm. a couple of DJs from Miami was coming there to DJ. A couple big-name artists from uh, New York. I don't know if you know this this singer named Fur. This singer named Fur. I think uh, it's P-H-E-R. No, I never, never heard. Bro, he's dope. dope. <laughs> yeah, he was at Spirit House. And it was funny because I was watching a video. He had did a video with him and uh, Chris Day. Oh, shit. I was like, oh, he's killing and he, because he was using like this, uh, like those little vocal effects thing, mm-hmm. and then seen him at Spirit House. I was like, "Yo, this is this crazy." Scene, huh? Yeah. What when? What years was this going on for? It was like the past three years. It just ended. Early it ended. Yeah. Maybe? It ended. I think yeah. We went to one twenty. We went to one. We went to couple, one this, couple, last year. Yeah, a couple last because year because of COVID or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but it had to be early because COVID happened in like March. But yeah, like like Chris Dave was there, Derek Hodge was there, Ronald Brunner Jr. was there. Like oh, yeah, shit. like there was like big names. Bilal was there. Like yeah, is this all word of mouth? Or? Um, I mean, Except not it was really. A, it was an after hour spot. Right? Yeah, it was so starting it was to get speak- big. It, it was speak- it was a speakeasy. Right. It, was, it, was a it was a speakeasy. It was a legit yeah, yeah. speakeasy. Like that's literally how it started at first. I mean, no, nah, he was getting it legitimized. That's what I was saying. Yeah. Like he literally like built it up to get legit. Mm-hmm. And so like, he was just like, he, I mean, he owned, he was on uh paying rent on the building. So it was just like, he could have, like, but I mean like, did, there would wanted. people have to invite you in or like, um, no, nah, like if that? you knew about it, you could yeah. just come as okay. long as like, you just came, even if you were just walking by, mm-hmm. you could just come on in. Sometimes it was a cover charge. Sometimes. Yeah. Well, I didn't have, to well, he doesn't have to, yeah, no, it's different. I honestly didn't know that they was charging people because I was just I would just go He's in. No, 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 no. I would, I would just go in and then he would be like, bro, I had to pay. And I was like, bro, I was like, why didn't you tell me? I was like, I never knew. Yeah, yeah. I, I follow him. You know what I mean? I, it wasn't like it wasn't like what you're like, damn. Cause like I'd be having to, you know, he doesn't think about it like at all, you know what I mean? I don't play, so I'm yeah, like, like, yeah, like yeah, they always stop me, like, excuse me, right, right, right. I'm, right. Like, uh, I'm carrying a snare, yeah, man. Like, yeah, it's like I would just come in there and I would just talk to the people that were like, hey man, yeah, and I'm like, what Picasso at? And I'm like, oh, he back there. I'm like, all right, cool. I'll see y'all in a minute. Mm-hmm. And then he'd be like, "Yeah, I had to pay." And I was like, <laughs> "Like what?" Bro, like we I've been with other musicians, and like we all like, like where? Like, bro, that's a superstar, bro. Bro, I'm I'm not nowhere near. But like, I think it was like it was the one time where I was there, and I was just talking to Tom. Well, no, Tom has got on the mic, and he I was in the back of the room, and he mm-hmm. called for me to play. Yeah. And then like after that night, that's when everybody was just like, "Oh yeah, like he was cool." Yeah. And it was just like... I got verified. After he got verified. <laughs> yeah, you got the blue I, check. I got my blue check. Got blue check. <laughs> That's what's up. And so that was only a couple years then. 
Yeah, yeah, it was it was relatively new. Like, you think they're gonna bring it back after shutdown? Um, I don't know, man. He he kind of gave up the building because he mm. was just renting it. Gotcha. So maybe there could be a the start of something new in the yeah, future. Maybe another. Maybe maybe so, another yes. person might take the idea and run mm. with it. You know what I mean? For sure. Because yeah. like yeah, that was it was definitely a vibe. It was what? It was a vibe. Like bro, what the fuck? I feel like we're gonna be talking about that forever. Like, like, like for sure, because like, we're gonna be talking about like deep memories. I got so many experiences. Like yo, my homie, my homie Samote, bro, my homie Samote performed there. Who is now a two-time Grammy-nominated artist? Hey man, oh, shit. Gotta take, can crazy. we take a shot for homie or yes. drink something for homie? You know, yeah, shout out to that. For sure, that's dope, man. He's a Grammy-nominated artist on the gospel side and on the secular side. Mm. That's crazy. But yeah, if you've never heard of Samote, Samote is Thomas backwards. Yeah, okay, nice. Yeah, like what's your out. what's yours backwards? You figure it out? Oh, Brandon. That's uh, what. Mine's uh, Igear. Igear. What are you? Your uh, nah. Ranob. My brain not even in that function. Bro right now. Bro, is it bro now? No, I got no rag. No rag. Nah, isn't it? No brand. No brand. No brand. Nod. It'll be a D. No nod. 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 It'll end with a B. Nod nab. Not. Not. No nab. Nob. Nob. Nod narb. Nod narb. Nod narb. Nod narb. Yeah, nod narb. I actually fucks with that. Mine's nod narb. I fucks with that better than Brandon. Nod narb. Nod narb. Nod narb. Nod Narb, uh, Nod Narb. What's what's the what would the, the last name be though? Uh, Farmer. Uh, Remrath. 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 Ivo Nevo, that's dope as fuck. That's a dope ass. <laughs> Bro, we got a homie who has like a super professional name. Yeah. His name is Jameson Beverly. That's a good one. He, he hates uh, it. He hates what? his name. He goes by JB. Dude, Jameson Beverly. Is that's a dope ass name. Jameson? Like. That that, that that name is dope. I was like, bro, that's I'd a buy dope a, ass I'd name. I'd buy an album just off the name alone for that. Jameson Beverly. It's got to sound good, oh, man. Jameson I mean, Beverly definitely. He's good. amazing. Yeah. yeah, we working on some music. So yeah, That's he just sent up. me. He actually yeah, just sent me an email. I mean, Be- I think Beverly is just a beautiful name for for music. No, doesn't yeah. sound doesn't sound. Patrick Beverly doesn't sound the same. No, <laughs> 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 Patrick Beverly doesn't sound the same. Yeah, so, use the bathroom. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Oh, my bad. Let me slide out. Yeah, but yeah, but. Jameson Beverly. That's a. No, that's a dope uh, that, name. That's not a. That's not a bad name. Yeah. And Reggie, you grew up. You said you grew up right in this neighborhood. Yeah, right? I'm from North Oakland. That's so yeah, like my my whole family was raised on 57th and Gasville. Okay. And um, you know, I used to live on 59th, like literally like a block away from there. How did you meet Brandon? Um, my uncle was the the or, gotcha the, the studio. So, so you you guys met when you were yeah like out yeah. So when he moved here, I met him the first day he moved here. You know, like most of the people that I, I hang out with, like I've met them through that that experience. So. Mm-hmm. Thankful for the good, thankful for the bad. You know? Yeah. It is what it is. But, um, yeah, so, well, yeah, I met him his first day here. I met, yeah, like, Jameson, like, JB, mm-hmm. like, my guy. Yeah, that's kind of how we, we all kind of, like, stayed close, you know, still remain. 
that's tight. Pretty solid, you know. How different is this neighborhood now than it was? <sighs> um, <laughs> I, I, like I've, I've, you know, I've talked to my neighbors who there's still a couple people on our block who have been here who grew so, up here. Oh yeah. my gosh, um, North Oakland doesn't. Even, I mean, it's. I mean, I, it, yes, it, it's 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 completely different, bro. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like, I, 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 mean, like, I, was, actually, I was just talking yeah. about Brandon. I was telling Brandon, like, getting off the freeway, that uh, yeah. the bridge where the um, the light that's always con- hella congested turning left mm. on the Shattuck. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, like, 50, 51st, right? Yeah, there. I think it's, yeah. is that, is that, it's the 51st exit. The exit, right? Yeah. Where it's always hella congested. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Turning left. Like, and it, I was gonna just, choose: Do I go MLK or do I? Yeah, take right, right, yeah. exactly. It's like I've been making that. Like I, I was literally telling Brandon he, he, on the way here, like, bro, I've been making that. Like I've, this frustration that I have right now. I've this way. <laughs> Since, <laughs> Since I was like, a little kid, yeah. that's like, hilarious. I can remember like being almost home uh-huh. and then getting stuck, right? Like right here, like, bro. That's this, hilarious, this, this bro. I, know that, like, I, I know remember, that well. I remember that feeling, bro. So I well. don't know. I don't know the feeling of traffic. I didn't learn the feeling of traffic until I got out here. Oh, yeah. Like, that was... I mean, we i definitely been in traffic, but, like, it's different out here. It's like... You're in traffic. It's like you're in traffic. Traffic <laughs> is a traffic is a person out here. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Traffic yeah. is a bitch. Traffic <laughs> is a person, bro. No, you can say whatever you want, man. Traffic is a, traffic is a person, like, for sure, for sure. Because, like, right when traffic is, like, Really bad. Like since like COVID happened, traffic hasn't been like. Oh, that was one of the nice things about it. For yeah, real, like positive. traffic. Traffic is, hasn't been bad really, but when you like, when it takes you. So I live in Point Richmond, so I gotta go up to eighty. Mm. When when it Gilman takes you, to Gilman it, to the maze, bro. When it when it takes you an hour to get to Oakland. An hour? Yeah, that's wild. That's wild. Bro, I do. So I was in, I was over there by San Pablo mm-hmm. and like kind of like the El Cerrito area yeah. when I first started coming here. Yeah. It took me 19 minutes to get here. Damn. So when 19 minutes turned into an hour, it's just like, bro, like people, people change. <laughs> <laughs> people change, bro. Oh, yeah. You ever, how long did it take you to learn about the frontage road? Bro, it didn't take long. Oh. It didn't take long. Yeah. But even that, like that started being like, Crazy uh, traffic. So it was just like, uh... Me and my brother, we do this move. We call it the Fast Town Boogie. <laughs> it's when you get off at university because mm-hmm. there's traffic, and then you just keep driving and get back on. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. And you're yeah, just yeah. like, oh, shit. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> it like, doesn't save you. It saves you maybe a minute, but it yeah, feels but better. It feels yeah, good. You get to go around all these people. Exactly. Like, mm-hmm. You come back Excuse in. Me. If someone Excuse sees you, you're just like... <laughs> Hella funny. Yeah, our, we learned that one from our mom because up in Marin there was this, uh, you know, kind of similar situation where you could kind of get off to take this exit on this other street, but then there was a li- there was a stop sign. Mm-hmm. There was a light, but you could go right at the light and then come around, and then there's the stop sign. And like, yeah, she yeah, would yeah. do that all the time. So like, that's kind of how we learned it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, man, them little shortcuts definitely help. Like yeah. out here. Like, even learning, like, what streets run parallel with the uh, freeway. Mm-hmm. Right. Just, bro, so you can, you can, you can just the take the streets. Because sometimes the streets, even with the stoplights, that'd be a win. Right. Whenever there's an accident, oh, mm-hmm. God, yeah. Take yeah. the streets. I have a question. Like, do y'all see, like, is this a normal approach everywhere where police officers 
do that swerve to slow traffic. Yeah. Has anybody else seen that? I've seen that. Yeah, I've I saw, it. I've seen it. Only like, out here. Yeah, though. only out here. I've never oh, seen really? that shit. Like, they, saw, they say it's supposed to be traffic control. Yeah, yeah it's when there's a, like an accident, they're trying to slow yeah, down yeah, everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's a recent like invention that they started. I mean, doing, I've but... seen it in in the last like within the last ten years. I've yeah. seen it, but I have never seen it since then. Mm. Like I saw it like with the first time it was like Vix and Dom or some shit. I saw it, like what the fuck is going on? Mm-hmm. We're coming from um um Union City and Krispy Kreme late at night. Oh yeah, late at night. <laughs> Krispy we're Kreme like, why is there why is there hella traffic right now mm-hmm. at two o'clock in the morning and it's a cop in front of us slowing down. Yeah. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> Weaving, snaking through traffic. It was right. like, I know it's such an aggressive move. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of cool to watch. I mean, it's kind of. Like I was things. like, it, I always wonder would the cop chase the person that passed him? Oh. oh, nah, they definitely wouldn't. I know. So. I I don't know. I feel like yeah. I mean, because they got they got to still control the traffic. He might not, but they he's did. gonna radio someone. Yeah, he yeah. might. Yeah. I feel like they're gonna throw the book at you if you try to. Oh, for sure. I really wish you should just say that. I gotta know, I gotta know. <laughs> hey, I just gotta know. If you gonna do bro. it, you gotta make sure you're in the right car. Oh, I'm gonna it. be in the right car. You I gotta make sure you're in the right car. You just gotta hit the fast town boogie, you know. And you're like, I just came on the on ramp. What's going on? I didn't even know. You crazy, bro? I, just, <laughs> I get off the on ramp. I park in my car. Off. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't me. I was never it was here. Like it wasn't me. I was never here. I definitely done that before. One thing I noticed moving to Oakland about traffic too. This is the first place I've ever lived where, like, if you make a mistake and you pull out, and there's a car coming, your people accelerate towards you. Yeah. Like, oh, you fucked up. You know, like you it's better crazy. get out of the way now. You know? That's so crazy, bro. Every time I go back to the south, <laughs> it blows my mind that people let you. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. I was like, oh, yeah, you're going to let me. I don't have to, like, Not in Florida. you know what I'm saying? Oh, well, Florida's, yeah, Florida's, Florida's, Florida's different. Florida's different. Florida's different. Florida's definitely In my different. mind, there's this great quote from that show, T- Twin Peaks, and the guy's like, there's two types of towns. Towns where people slow down at the yellow and towns where they speed, speed up. up. Yeah. <laughs> That's what my uncle used to say. Oakland is a speed up town. He said yellow, he said yellow means to speed up. Yeah. I was like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, cause we no, you know that, what I feel like for me was it's like cause when you, we learn red light, green light, uh-huh. and so it's like, mom, mommy, aren't you supposed to slow down? Yellow? No, son, I have somewhere to go. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like okay, well, well, Oakland it's, it's, too. It's, uh, we got that five funny. second yellow. That's yeah, nice. Right. Like where I grew up in Marin, that that yellow is at like maybe four Bro, seconds. That yellow is a thought. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It goes green, yellow, red. Yeah, but <laughs> <That's> here <it. laughs> you got time. You know when that yellow hits. You know, if I'm going fast, you got to make that determination. Yeah, bro. That'd be, especially when you're going up university in Berkeley. Yeah. I'd be just cutting through. I'd be like, all right, I probably can make the next one too if, I, if I'm going fast enough. But, but I mean, that's also what I love. One of the things I love about here, and, and maybe this is different for you guys. I don't know if it's like the fact that like the that is like the white privilege is that like for me driving <laughs> out here is like so, like cops never fuck with me out here. Well, and bro, like, I don't like, know. The only time I ever been pulled over yeah. in my car is when I was with you. Yeah, <laughs> that's the only time I ever been pulled over, and I was and I was in Port Richmond. I guess because like I had just got my car, uh huh, and I didn't have any license plates. Yeah, so they pulled me, and I didn't have my wallet because we were literally just going. Uh, you were dropping we were, off at school. Yeah, yeah, I was taking him to school. school. It was hella early in the morning. Yeah. yeah. I was dropping him off at school, so I was just like, oh, yeah, I'm taking him to school. I live over here, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And the cops, they was like, oh, yeah, 
We wanna we gotta search your car. And so he starts getting I'm mad. Upset. I'm getting upset. I'm, I'm like, like bro. I'm like, I don't care. I was like, the only thing that's in the car is drugs. I'm yeah. like, I don't care. But it doesn't like, matter. Why do you have to look like, why are you searching? I was like, we, we, they didn't even give us a ticket. I'm more they so, they I knew he wasn't going to give me a ticket because there was nothing he could do. What did they pull you over for? Nothing. Okay. I think he just pulled me over because I was in like, basically, Wait, you were driving? car. Yeah. Okay. I was, I was in an unmarked car because I didn't have my... My license plate. I think that's the reason why he pulled. Yeah, it's a, but I get pulled over. And because we were black, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, and, I mean I've seen, I've witnessed some stuff out here with like, like some friends of mine where I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. this shit is one sided. Yeah. Oh shit, for sure. My yeah. shit happened in. That's why we laugh. Like my shit happened in Marin. Oh yeah. yeah well, dude. Yeah. yeah my, my, my Marie shit, and I get pulled oh, over on his birthday. Like, no, on my shit, birthday yeah. it was it was like, like pulled over. It's like I was. Yeah, it was it was terrible. Like this funny shit. Cop, so, cops out there got nothing to do. Oh, so, facts. You know. I realize. I, I learned. They actually <laughs> send people Bro, cops in from other places to go train out there because it's like such a. There's nothing. You know, it's like high school kids is, pulling pranks. That's this like is how it like is. yeah. The cop passed me twice, mm. and he got like he he didn't. So what happened was I it was my birthday. I went out. I was like, yo, I I got to a point. I was trying to go back to Richmond. Mm. I. I guess I was, I went the wrong way. I got stuck. Somehow I was in Maria. I'm like, oh, fuck. I'm, I know where I am, but I need to, let me pull over. Let me, like, I'm trying to be as responsible as my birthday. I'm like, I do not want to fuck my birthday up. <laughs> right. I just want this car. I do not want to fuck Little my birthday up. Know. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to pull over. I'm going to go to sleep. And I'm just going to, hey, I made it. Like, I made it this point. I pulled over. I thought I was good. I swear yeah. to God. got to knock on my window at 8 o'clock in the morning, bro. I left my car on. Oh. Oh, my God, bro. It was, it's like. The key oh, in the ignition. The key in yeah. the fucking yeah. ignition, bro. Like, at 8 o'clock, and I, and I still went out, and I'm like, oh, I still blew a point one. But I was, it's like, bro, it's like, what? Like, yeah, he, I did he the, saw me, I did he, the... he said, I passed you. He's like, I passed you, and you didn't move. So I had to come check on you again. Right. Fuck. They yeah. hit you with the Dewey? Hit me with the Dewey, and then I got my, like. And then it was my birthday, so my thing was like, it's my birthday. I'm really trying. I have a birthday party planned that night. Right. So I'm like, I'm right. really trying to get home. <laughs> I'm not like, so I'm trying to be as like I'm, but I'm and I'm still a little drunk. So mm-hmm. I'm, I, I will take that in. So it's my birthday, and I'm like, I gotta get home. So I'm kind of, I'm talking a little shit, but I'm like, bro, I'm really not in here for nothing real right, right. because I was sleep. Like I literally did the most responsible in my position in my mind. I yeah. Did the most. You made the right call there. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and so I'm like, all right. Bro, so a cop, I guess he didn't like the way I was taught. Like he didn't mm-hmm. like. So I guess the the, the cuffs were on hella tight, and my wrist was like just the cuffs on my wrist was bleeding. You know, I wasn't really sure. I was like, damn. And so the cuffs were in front of me. I picked them up like this, like mm-hmm. this. I said, these aren't the kind of cuffs you use with your girlfriend. Right? <laughs> like, just I swear to God, like a like a, just a, like yeah, a yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like talking shit, just talking shit, yeah. and. He said, what? And he, like, he jumps over the shit, throws me into, like, oh, like, are you trying to, like, throws me, like, hair brush into the fucking cement. Like, I wake up in the cell just weekend and shit. And oh, I'm like, damn. Bro, I had a fucking birthday party. <laughs> but then, but then, then, this is, this is why, like, he knows he, this, like, I don't know, it was weird. So he goes to my, like, he realized, oh, shit, he's a really, he really is a college student. He really goes to school and shit. Mm-hmm. And then, so he lets me out, no bail, like nothing, like it, like it, it was, it's like it flipped, like hey, you know, you know, so you know, like puts his arm around me, like, 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 like yeah, that's, but they still hit you with everything, huh? of course. Yeah, yeah. They still, yeah, of course. Well, because I was already like I was already booked on the shit, you know what I mean. So yeah. I, but the other like, man, 
So my side of the story today <laughs> is that so I went to church on that Sunday morning. <laughs> so yeah, I had to I had to play at church. It wasn't Sunday morning; it was a Saturday night. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was a Saturday night. So Sunday morning, when you when you had told me to come, he told me to come to his house on mm-hmm. Sunday. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, cool. I, I was like, brand new apartment. Yeah, like, I was like, I'll be there at the church. I was like, so I went home. I, I mean, uh, I went to church. I went back home, smoked, drove out there. I get there. He was staying with my brother. Yeah. So. My brother comes to the door. He was like, I ain't seen Reggie. I'm like, what you mean you ain't seen Reggie? Reggie the one that told me to come over here. Like, So he, we was like, we don't know. And so, yeah, we just smoke another blunt. We roll up again, smoke. Mm-hmm. Then next thing you know, in the middle of the blunt, we hear the door open. They were like, who's that? So we both like, who is this? And then we see Reggie come through, you know, blood on the shirt, like oh, dry man. blood on the shirt. Mm-hmm. Like, lip busted and shit. Like, bro, what the fuck? Like, immediately, jokes. Jokes coming to the right, door. Right, I'm, yeah, ready. Yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to fire off. Oh, you just got your ass whooped. Oh, you was talking hella shit at the bar. Nigga whooped your ass. Oh. Oh, you ain't got no hands. Like, hella shit. Hella shit coming to mind. I'm just like, all right. Let, let him explain. <laughs> so, he started talking. It's just like, oh, the little sympathy little angel comes in. Like, can't say none of those jokes now, <laughs> and it's just like that. That's that's really be what it be for me. That's what my sympathy comes in. Like damn, like damn, all the jokes I have for you, I can't say no more. <laughs> it's your birthday, <laughs> and it's your birthday. <laughs> it's like the whole reason why I'm here is that it's your birthday. So yeah, that is hella funny. So, Wait, we, so you made it back for the party? No, no there was no party. party. Gotcha. Because people were calling in, like they ended up calling my brother, and my brother was like, "Man, I ain't doing none of that. All the stuff that he had playing, my brother was like." I'm not doing none of that. <laughs> so, yeah, we just ended up just smoking. Smoking and drinking, smoking and drinking at, uh, at the crib. Okay. Yeah, that's basically, like, yeah, that's where that was at. Yeah. And then I got a couple of jokes in. There you go. I had to sneak sure. some. Yeah. Sure. You, you get, there's a grace period, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, like, the jokes, I <laughs> of course. jokes now. But that's, yeah. yeah I, I like, at the moment, I was like, damn, if that would have been me, like, damn, I would have been like, yeah. I wouldn't have been one of those jokes. Uh-huh. So I just, I understood that, but like, yeah, like around like nine o'clock, yeah, them jokes was in there for, especially yeah. like I was drinking tequila too, drinking tequila. Well, I had, and yeah, I had to pay to get my car out the way. I had to pay $500 to get my car out the way. Like, it's a whole ass product. Like, that oh, shit yeah. was a, I know, I've only, I only, I got arrested once in college, mm. my second weekend down. I went to party school in Santa Barbara. Oh, I, hell I mean, yeah. Yeah, so like my second weekend down there, I was out walking you know, with my friends, I was landing in heavy. Like I was drunk. I had like a girl under either arm. I was doing well. The girl that the girl, actually the girl that I had had a crush on that I'd been thinking about for like the first couple weeks. It was like finally the night where she was like smiling at me and Uh I thought things were in play, you know? Yeah. And then, uh, I think I just had a little too much and, uh, but I was fine. Like I was, I was walking, I was talking, it was all good. And then I just felt this tap on my shoulder and I turn around, and there's a cute girl there. And I'm like, hey, what's up? And then I notice she's wearing a, a uniform. Mm. And so she <laughs> takes me across the street, and uh, and I was definitely slurring my words, yeah. but I was, like, totally cognizant there. Yeah. And uh, so she starts just talking to me, and then she just starts putting the cuffs on, on me without saying anything. You know? Oh, that's crazy. And I'm just like, look, look, wait, 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 you know. 
You can't resist. That's always the I'm just like, part. Right? You can't resist. <laughs> and I'm like, look, I'm with all my friends, you know. Yeah. I, my dorms are two blocks away. Yeah, like I'm home. I'm not. I'm not looking for trouble tonight. Like, I'm you home. won't see me again. Yeah, Can you just let me go. Like I'll, you won't see me again. I promise. She's like, you're a menace to yourself. You're a menace to society. What I'm the... taking you in. Those are her words exactly. Oh, what the so fuck? That's she th- hilarious. She throws me in the back of a of the car, and uh, and there's another guy back there, and he's like got like an army shirt on you know i guess he went to a party or something (laughs) and so we start chopping it up we're both drunk you know so we're like all right man like i got your back you got mine like like like, we're no one's fucking with us tonight you know and like you know she's trying to meet a quota that's what that was well no i'll I'll tell you so so basically uh so so you know when you've never been arrested before, it seems super scary, right? Like, mm. oh shit, going to jail. But once you get arrested, maybe it was my confidence too from being a little sauced. <laughs> it was like once that question had been answered, I was able to relax. Yeah. I was like, all right, I'm going to jail. That's my night tonight. So me and him, we start just chopping it up, and we're having a fun time in the back seat, just telling <laughs> jokes and stuff. Yeah, yeah and, like, <laughs> and like, and then the cops drive around for like an hour. To like try to pick up more kids, you know, because it was a racket at that time. Oh, yeah, see, I, I told you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was like yeah, so yeah, crazy. Yeah, like, okay, I heard stories okay. about friends who just like stumbled, like dead sober, coming off the curb. They just tripped. Yeah, and they got thrown in the back. Like oh, that's the way crazy. the law was written, it was it was uh, on the officer's determination of whether or not they didn't even have to give you a test. Oh, that's know? super crazy. And so the whole time, I think I'm all smiling. I'm like. They never gave me a test. Like, like mm-hmm. they don't know I'm, you know, I'm going to beat this in court. You know, I had this idea. But anyways, they drive us around and then they take us to, uh, like the foot patrol had a little station in town. They put us in the holding room and cuff us to the chairs. And, uh, and we're just laughing and joking. And like, I realized I could kind of get out of my cuffs. Mm-hmm. And like, so I kind of start sliding my hands. I was like, actually probably bad. Idea. Yeah, 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 bad. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and we're hanging out and like every so often the cops would come back in. This guy was a Latino dude. I think he was from like Honduras and they would just say Brit some racist shit. Oh, what the fuck? Poke their head in, say some racist shit, close the door, walk away. And, uh, and we're talking. And then finally, after like an, another hour, they're like, all right, time to go to County. Like they come in and, uh, you know. It's been a couple hours now. I've been drinking all night. Like, mm-hmm. I had to piss hella bad. Yeah, I know. So I'm like, Bro. excuse me, officer. Like, can I please uh, use the restroom facilities? And he was like, he's like, no, you can go at the jail. And and I wouldn't have, you know, I'm normally I'm a timid guy in this, you know, scenario. No way do I have bravado. But I was <laughs> feeling a little confident. So I was like, no, no, you don't understand. Like, I really got to go. Yeah. You know? And he's like, you should have thought about that before you got arrested. It's like and, oh, so. I look him. In, I swear to God, I look him straight in the eye. I'm like, "Look, man, there's two ways that this can go down. Like, you can let me go pee, or I'm gonna piss all over your van because there's no yeah. way I'm waiting till till jail." And he like looks at me, and he goes back and like talks to the other sheriffs. And they talk, and he comes back. He's like, "All right, like just you, like you can go, but I'm gonna watch." So he like, <laughs> brings me in the bathroom, and I gotta go pee, and he's standing in there like. Normally I'd get gun shy, like I'm not good at peeing in front of people. <laughs> but I go, it's like ah, like relief. And then they take us out, they throw us in the back of the van, and in the van, so it's me and my and my, my new friend, right? And we're just <laughs> still, you know, just joking. Yeah. 
and uh, and then there's like the three like stereotypical drunk girls. Oh, so yeah. like the first one, she's just like so upset, like she just can't say a word. <laughs> yeah, you know? I can't. She I just can't. can't. Right and we're just like, we're like, come on, baby, like it's all good. We're in this together. Were they cute though? Yeah, they were cute. For okay, sure. hell yeah. But uh, That's but, a but uh, <laughs> you know, but like she just was beside herself. So we're trying to console her, and then the the girl in the middle seat is just weeping, just like, oh, I went to the oh, pepper yeah. show. You don't, you don't fuck with her. I got a DUI. Like, oh, my that's, life is over. And we're like, we're like, it's all good. Like, it's like, don't worry about it. Like, we're gonna be okay. And then the third one was just fucking blackout. Oh yeah, gone. <laughs> and like halfway to the jail, she starts puking in the van, <laughs> and we start heckling the sheriffs because they're behind like a like, yeah. a like a grate, you know. So we're just like, like, hey, bro, we're like, oh, like what are these conditions you're subjecting us to? Like this is a, this is cruel and unusual. Like they're just like heckle, you know. They can't do shit, so we're like heckling yeah. them. We get to county and they get us out in like the lineup and they like are going by. They take my belt and like, ooh, what are you doing, officer? You know, like, <laughs> Stupid. Just trying to make him feel awkward, you know. And uh, go a little lower, you might get a press. Right? Yeah. I'm like, what kind of jail is this? You know. And then you know they uh, they take out my ID and you know I had a baby face. I looked real young when I was mm-hmm. 18. And they're like, you're not 18. Like, like no way, you know. And I'm like, bro, like. I'd, you know how much mo- I'd rather you call my mom right now and I yeah. can do with her. Like, you know, just, I wish that I didn't have to spend the night here and like you know they'd get, take the prints and they'd put us in the drunk tank and like you know once the booze wears off it's just the worst place you know they just puke on the floor and it's like everybody 25 and under is like white everybody 26 and older is mexican you know like that's literally like the demographics of the jail. <laughs> that's hella funny and that's uh hell you know funny. like i'm talking to one dude his face is all skinned up he's like yeah dude i'm like 24 i was like just drinking out of a cup in front of a part at a house and they just came and started cuffing me and i uh and i was like this because i'm like look i'm I can drink. I'm over 21. Yeah. And knee to the back. And then they tasered him. And, like, he had no skin on his chin. Like, it was Dang. Old. And then, you know, there's another dude who was, like, a, you know, old Latino guy. And he was, like, I was just driving my wife home. And we, like, got pulled over. And they just threw me in here. I'm not even drinking. <laughs> so it was just, like, all that stuff. And, you know, it's cold. And trying to you know finally trying to get some sleep and then they every like hour they'd come and just slam the door to wake everybody up you know just like shit like that and then you know it's crazy finally the worst part is like the next morning with processing they're like you're just waiting for them to process you mm-hmm. and it's like another hour another hour you just want to you know and they get home no hot water in in our uh, dorms and so i took a cold shower oh and then, uh, but then my homies next door in the dorm next door, they're like, we got hot water. So like I ended up oh, taking three yeah. showers. I felt so dirty <laughs> just being in that room. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, they, that night sucked, but the worst part was going to court. Like I had to go to like, you know, three or four different dates and I get in there. I still think, I still think I'm going to win. Right. I'm still like, they never gave me a test. There's no proof that I, mm-hmm. they wanted to give me a, uh, like a drunken public. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so, like, I'm in there, and um, the our public attorney comes in, and he just looks. There's probably, like, you know, six of us. And he's like, so, 
guilty, 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 guilty. We're pleading guilty for all of you guys. You know, like it's just like it's a system. You know, it's just yeah, all, yeah, yeah. It's like we're not fighting this. You guys are all, you know. And I'm like 18. I'm not confident. I like, you know, didn't. I'm just so nervous to be. But it's the in, system, like right. the, the system. That's why they tell you you're guilty, like right because it's this. No, like I fun. probably could have fought it, right? Oh, but for like, sure. In that state, like I'm so nervous, right. and this guy's my representation. And this is like my lifeline. And getting paid, but the, every right. person they put in jail, they get paid right. to put you in jail. That's the only reason why you're going to jail it's in Santa Barbara. And like, like right. you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> think about it. Like, there's no, there's no other place right. where they're putting. Dude, they, when, when I stood up for they, they did the arraignment, right? They're, they're reading they're reading my charges and i stand up and five other guys are st- they did like a mass arraignment they're like <laughs> hobart owen uh jeremy this uh frederick like yeah. <laughs> you're all guilty of blah blah blah, blah that's blah, crazy blah, blah, blah. and so you like, all are winners i didn't even get my own <laughs> private moment <laughs> to, with the judge you know it's and, like so i can't even i can't even plead my case yeah but so it was just funny i mean and you know the the thing that sucked was like it you know I got hit with a, like a six hundred dollar fine or something and then mm-hmm. I had to go to like a a couple a meetings and then do this um like alcohol education class uh to get my sentence reduced to like an infraction it was like a misdemeanor hmm. and because um, I'm you know first time offense or whatever and uh. But that class was hilarious too. The, the, it was this woman running it. She was like 26, 27. And literally the whole class was just her telling us her drinking stories from being in college. That's tight. You know, she shared us, showed us a couple pictures of like a liver that had been, you know, fatty liver of an alcoholic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But mostly it was just her being like, yeah, man, this one time, you know, like. That's hilarious. You know, giving us facts about how much, like the crazy statistics about how much of a party school we were going to that like. When yeah, and there. people people act like they don't. Re- I mean, that's why the cops know. Like at UC Davis, of course the cops are around there all the time because they know they know that it's a party school. It's just like yeah, kids are going to get fucked up here. Mm-hmm. We are going to get them in jail. Like that's right. That's that's by design. You right. know what I'm saying? And that's really, I think, one of the biggest hypocrisies. You know, with something like the drinking age, it's like mm-hmm. this, and and just with the way that we enforce laws in this country in general there's such a uh ignorance of of the facts on the ground and reality it's like man if, if most people start drinking at 15 or 16 like you're not actually stopping or deterring kids you're just making more criminals you know it's like let them know let their parents their parents your relationship with your friends and family should be where yeah. you get that education about is this the right you know I what's my like behavior is it, it, put, putting people in the system isn't isn't actually helping to curtail or deter people from doing that not behavior. at all bro and that's that's so true like the, the fact that like people can get their license to drive before before they, you're illegal before they can drink to me it's like Man, you should be. You should learn how to drink before you learn how to drive. Facts. Right. So that you way. So that <laughs> way, in case you do drink and drive, you know what to do. Like it makes me, sense, bro. It makes sense if you think about Make it. your mistakes drinking. before you can get behind the wheel. You know what I mean? Like, like so rather than trying to learn both at the same time. Yeah, I mean, I've been I've been driving before I had a license, but I started and stopped drinking when I was nineteen. Like on my nineteenth mm-hmm. birthday, my friends got me so drunk. And then we had to play a show the next day. Ooh. And it was just like, 
the worst show ever. Like, <laughs> it was like everything first that, hangover? dude, every everything that could go wrong went wrong. Like, I was playing drums and I was I'm feeling good, you know. I'm thinking everything's killing, but, uh-huh. you know. I'm sound like shit. <laughs> and then like one thing I do remember is like I was going for this field, a field that I kind of knew I probably wasn't going to land. Mm-hmm. And there was a bee, cause we were playing outside. There was a bee that came like, and I'm allergic to bees. Oh shit! So it was a bee that came right here, right in my face. I'm doing. I'm like, oh, I'm like into it. And now I open my eyes, I see a bee, cause I hear some, and I'm like, what the fuck is that? And I look and I see a bee right there, and I'm just like, oh shit. And then, yeah, the field was fucked. I was all the way fucked up, so I had to lay out and then just come back into the song. Yeah. And then it was like towards the end of the song, so I'm just like, oh shit, uh, I guess. Uh, it's a B flat. <laughs> we were, we were, we were horrible. And like, we were so bad. The choir director, he came to um, all the musicians afterwards. He was like, I know y'all was drinking last night. Oh. He was like, I want to let y'all know. Oh, y'all sounded terrible. That's <laughs> <laughs> that hilarious. I was like, I was like, damn. Damn, that's fucked up. I was like, thank you, bro. Yeah. Thank you for being so honest with me, bro. Right. I appreciate you, but I'm going to let you know. I'm not going to stop drinking. Mm. Well, it wasn't until, it wasn't until, so I got real lit. I got, mm. um, I was with my cousins. Damn. I was at uh, another friend of mine's birthday party, and um, I had just got my license. I had just got my license a uh, year before, like mm-hmm. a year and a half before. And I'm driving. I'm driving to her place because she said she having a birthday party. She having this like this kind of big ass party. And I told her I would bring her some alcohol. So I bring the alcohol. And like all this shit is going on. Now she's younger than me. And it's just like all these, all these people that I wouldn't like consider her that she should be around yeah they start to show up and mm. I'm just like oh like I know I know him you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying it's like stuff like that like I know bro like, right and so Feeling like protective yeah and I'm like I'm not trying to feel that way cause mm. like me and her not even cool like that like that and I'm like I'm not like anyway interested in her like that mm. but it's just like she's younger than me I'm older it just made me feel like you know and and then, like, it wasn't until, like, my god brother got there until I could, like, mellow out. Because he'll take on that role, but he they know that he just talking shit. Mm-hmm. And he don't mean no shit about it. And if anybody got something to say about it, then yeah. that's when I'm, you know, that's yeah. when I'm going to rise up. For sure. But it was super chill, but the cops ended up coming by there saying that we were too loud. Mm-hmm. We was turning up mm-hmm. or whatever. And then I didn't realize, like, damn, like, a lot of people there was, like, underage. I mean, shit, I was still underage at that time. So, a lot of people, I mean, everybody there was pretty much underage because mm-hmm. I was, like, one of the oldest people there. And so, I'm just sitting here looking around, like, damn, if the cops come by again and want to start some shit. So, I was just, like, I was low-key trying to figure that out. All right. Like, okay. Is it time to make an exit? Yeah, like, I got a baby face because, like, this was before I even, I ain't had no facial hair. Mm. Like, so, I had, like, baby face mm-hmm. and I'm just like shit I was 19 I'm like uh <laughs> like should I go should I go and then like um some shit ended up happening some dude ended up getting a phone call and he got like real hype mm-hmm. and he was like oh I'm on my way and then like 
four of the other dudes left. And then my guy brother was like, yo, what's going on? Ooh, ooh, like, what's happening? And then uh, they told my guy brother what was up. He was like, oh, I'm rolling with y'all. So then him and his partners left. And now I'm just like, uh, it just ended up being like me and like a whole lot of females. So I was just like, I kind of <laughs> like this party. So I'm just sitting here now. And I'm just like, hold up. How old are you? How old are you? Like, and I'm just, <laughs> it got to be like a real nice party. And then it got to the point where, like, the girl whose party it was, she started trying to flirt with me hella bad, and mm-hmm. all the other chicks didn't want to talk to me. Cause, <laughs> like, <laughs> bro, so I just kind of, I low-key got mad. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, you know, I'm going to keep sipping my vodka, because that's what I was drinking then. Mm-hmm. Shout-outs to vodka, but I don't <laughs> I do not drink vodka anymore. Like, oh, No, I, I can't stand stuff. Um, <laughs> well, shit, man. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about Mm-hmm. your music and maybe we could play some okay if you're down for sure um and i'm trying to figure out like whether we should just put it on in the room or we can listen to it and talk as we listen i mean we can how do you how do you want to do that i got a stereo right here i was thinking we could just like can you get it on your phone uh, or i can plug it on my computer too if we need to For those of you, you know, out there that have never heard <laughs> this guy's music, um, yeah, and just, you know, you know, folks who are listening right now, you got to go check out Speakeasy, which is, you know, one of Brandon's projects. That's what I was working on. It's like real good, Neo Soul. Um, how would you describe that band? I mean, I feel like it's it's definitely kind of like like fusion, like fusion neo soul, because mm-hmm. it's like we can have like some essence of like kind of like some bluegrass feel, and then um, we definitely gonna give you like funk. It's like mm-hmm. it's like kind of like a lot of things mixed with funk, kind of like that, and then especially with uh, Addie's voice, her yeah. voice is she has a very soulful voice. Yep, she's got a beautiful voice. Yeah, and then Daniel's bass playing mm-hmm. is very like funk vibes. Yeah, and uh, I'm I'm like a funk drummer too, mm-hmm. so I can't you even. Gotta, use that I can stuff. definitely hear some like Dilla influences as well. Oh, bro, like I didn't know about Dilla until like close to like right when he passed. So that like it hit me so crazy because it was just like I just found out all this greatness about this guy, and then my homie was like, "Yeah, he just passed like two months ago." And I was like, yo, it was just so weird because I felt like so connected to him. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, yo, yeah, man, all these things. Then he was like, yeah, he just passed two months ago. And I was just like, what? Do you know how he died? I was, I'm always, I've always been curious. They said it was a type of cancer, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I don't know exactly what type of Kinda cancer. talks about it. Kinda talks about it in fucking, oh, it's a song. I have it on my phone. Mm-hmm. I don't have my phone with me. But it kind of talks about the whole fucking process. Cause okay. Because he was like, like roommates. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what it was. It was something that was really fast. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was very aggressive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because he was he was even still making beats while he was still in the hospital. Like he was having like his his family bring him like uh, albums because what he was doing he would crate dig a lot. Mm. So he would have his family bring him albums. He had a setup like in his 
in this space, and he was still like making beats. Wow, I was like, for me, like trying to get the last. Oh yeah, just get, to get it out. That last thing, like the, just like, like that's David what I would Bowie do. was doing on his deathbed. Too. That's exactly what I would do, man. Like right. if I'm about to die, like yo, give me a drum set, mm-hmm. give me a recording setup. Right, like, let me do this shit because it's gonna come out either way. Like, you know what I'm saying? This body that I'm using might be dying, but these ideas are still going. These ideas yeah, and as you get closer to that doorway, yeah, I feel like... I might want to get stronger. Yeah, yeah like, stronger. but also you're like... I think that people that are getting closer to death, you know, that are that are moving towards it in this way where it's not like a sudden thing, are there's almost like you're starting to get echoes from the other side. Mm-hmm. And, and there's things coming in. You know, I, when I was hanging with my dad before he passed, you know one of the last nights I spent with him when he was in a hospice center, I could tell he had one foot in this world and one in the next. And he mm. was, he, you know, he just kept being like, wow, he wasn't all there, you know? But like, yeah. But I, you know, I if I was a, you know, as an artist, like I would be interested in like, what sort of like information can I bring yeah. and, and translate, translate into my art here yeah. on this and that's, plane? You know? I think that's definitely what, um, what Jay Dilla had in mind. Yeah. Like, I mean, I feel like any artist is like that. Like, if you're, if your death is like kind of slowly creeping up on you. It's imminent. You know, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. it's coming. So you know it's, it's like, coming. I got it. These are the, all the ideas I have. It like, makes me wonder if we're going to see some like MF Doom shit come out. You probably. know? You probably will, man. I was like, he's such a trickster. I wouldn't put it past him I to mean, have something. I mean, he probably already has shit. Yeah. Like, I mean, if he died three months ago and it just came out now, then you already know it's a whole layout. Did he I die mean, three months ago? Yeah. I just heard on New Year's Eve. I thought that yeah. Oh, no. He, he, he was already dead. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah. shit. Yeah. He died like, a minute ago. He, 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 yeah, you know what I mean? You didn't even know. I mean, I remember seeing shit about it, and I was just like, yo, what? That's crazy. I didn't hear about it till. No, it had no. A lot of people. I didn't think. Yeah, a lot of people didn't come out with it. It didn't come out. I think. Yeah, New Year's Eve, and then, but he died. Like, well, he died last October. Dude, my my favorite story. You guys ever hear the story about the time he, uh, he got caught? He hired someone else to to be him on stage. Oh, that's hilarious! Like, like uh, he he paid someone to wear the mask and perform as MF Doom, so he could like hang out in the green room and drink. That's hilarious! That's dope. That's dope. <laughs> but then the guy, like the mask slipped or something, they got caught. That's how I heard that's about hilarious. the story. Like, just probably like, oh hey, fuck, I gotta go once, out there. Then once he's done it before. Then, oh yeah, if he was comfortable. He, he was so like, comfortable yeah, with yeah, it, bro. Yeah, he, he, did it, he, it he was like, bro, your mask slipped. They niggas, they know you. <laughs> he was like, alright, bro, let me come out. Well, dude, talk about prolific producers and rap. I yeah, mean, I bro. Love, that's some of my favorite music. I Man. Mean, Doomsday. And... Shout out to all the great producers mm-hmm. out there, like to the Timberlands, to the Pharrells, you know what I'm saying? You ever check, you ever listen to like KMD? KMD. So like MF Doom when he was a kid, like in his late teens, had, mm-hmm. a, had a hip-hop group with his brother. He had a twin brother. Oh, okay. I and they were called KMD, and they were like starting to pick up. You know, but then his brother died and he like went into like a spiral of depression and darkness Mm -hmm. and like alcoholism and, uh, and like quit rapping for like years. And then he had a twin brother. He had a twin brother. I think he was a twin. It might've just been his brother, but I'm pretty sure. And they were sick. Like there's this sick video called peach fuzz. It was their single. And it's just like the two of them, uh, 
I think rapping about how they can't grow facial hair. Yeah, 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 Back in the funky hip-hop era when songs were about real shit, you know? Yeah, just like shit that was going on. Yeah, and they're both like Muslim, so they're like, they're they're also talking about like trying to be like a young man and stay true to... Trying to stay on my dean. (laughs) Stay on my dean. But uh, my favorite line from that song is like, I chuckle at the man on his cellular phone. The only phone I own is the funky xylophone's tone. Like, oh, it's one of the hardest lines of all time. Like, I love that shit. The, the early cell phone days. Um, but yeah, dude, you got some music loaded up. Should we, should we, should we play something? I mean, oh, let me see if it's going to play first. Yeah. I mean, no pressure, too. We, we, we can talk nah. about it. We don't got to. I mean, I just had to pull it up on this phone. Let mm-hmm. me see. Yeah, it's gonna play. Okay, so, let's here. I got it. I'll plug it into the stereo. <laughs> so tell us about what we're about to listen to, bro. What's the song called? Um, it's called Dream Queen, and it's about um, you know, it's a strain of weed, first off. Okay. And uh, I had just got reacquainted with it. Mm-hmm. I said reacquainted like I was acquainted with it before, <laughs> but I got acquainted with it um around the time I was working on this album and uh. Blue Dream and Dream Queen was like the things I was smoking at the same time okay. when I was creating this album. Yeah. So, um, and yeah. for people that want to find this track, it's Drum Wisdom on Spotify. Oh yeah, Drum Wisdom. Let's have a conversation. Is the album Drum Wisdom? I am the artist. All right, I'm gonna put it on and we can just talk as it's playing. For sure. <laughs> hey, you? Yeah. It's my brother right here. See how well this translates into these mics, but I, feel I can like send it to you. Yeah, I mean, I can try to put it over this part. Yeah. We'll see how good how that works with the mix, but. Yeah. But yeah, this is just talking about like um like how you be like so interested in somebody mm-hmm. and then like. Something happens where you, where you don't really, you know, y'all just don't click. You know what I'm saying? Some, but you still think about that person. And it's just like, yeah, like nights like this. I remember like we used to do certain things together, whatever it was. And it's just like you're not doing that no more. What do you play? Are you just playing drums on this or? No, I produced the whole thing. You did. You played it all. Yeah, yeah. I produced Sick. the whole album. I produce and I uh, wrote. Are the there whole vocals? Album. Yeah, you I'm singing? singing and rapping. Sick! Oh, I never heard you sing before. Nah. <laughs> Dude, this is sick. I like those keyboard lines. Thanks, Thanks man. This is off of a full album? Yeah, it's off of an album called uh, Let's Have a Conversation. And uh, I released it in 2019. Okay. Like a couple years ago. 
on uh, the day after Valentine's Day, February 15th. And, um, and like how the album came about, it was just like, I wasn't even planning on doing an album. I was just really like, um, you know, I've, I've been a producer since 2009. Because um, I started playing drums, you know, I started playing drums for church when I was four. I started playing uh, keys um, when I was like seven. And then uh, I took lessons from seven to 13. And then uh, I got into bass when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. And um, it was just like, it was just like, um, I don't know. It's just, it's just like I started. Um, oh, I got. Um, I started playing for this gospel choir at this college that's right down the street. It's a private college that's um, literally right down the street from my house. This is back in North Carolina. Back in North Carolina, yeah. Okay. It's literally right down the street from my house. It's called Barton College. Oh, no. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. I think that. It's crazy, right? <laughs> my brain was playing tricks on me for a second. I, I was thinking too much. But, yeah, it was a college right down the street from my house. Okay. Like, literally, like, my house is kind of, like, at a cross street low-key. Yeah. It's like there's a house on the corner, and then my house is the third house after that. So, like. The house, I mean, the college was right there. And um, I used to play for their gospel choir. And the guy who played keys for their gospel choir, I played drums. He mm-hmm. played keys. And um, he was a producer, like super killing producer. Still is a super killing producer. And he got me acquainted to producing. Nice. And he was like, bro, like you never thought about producing? He was like, you play so many instruments. You should probably produce some stuff. And I was just like, nah, I never even thought about it. <laughs> Yeah, and so he got me acquainted to production. He uh, introduced me to Reason, nice. like the program. Yeah, I remember Reason. Yeah, super dope ass program. And um, I made some beats in high school on that shit, bro. Yeah, I just it just took me over, bro. It just like I just that's what made me an introvert. Like learning that that like completed the really the episode of me being an introvert, bro. Okay. Like I was never coming out the room ever again. <laughs> like my grandma got scared. Yeah. She was like, are you okay? She literally used to peek in my room and be like, are you okay? Like, I haven't seen you all day. Huh? Like, because I be I used to make my beats in headphones. Mm-hmm. So it was just like... Silence. Silence. And it's just like, what what have you been doing? You've been in your room all day, but I haven't seen you. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, oh yeah, i just been in my headphones working on music. She would never ask to like hear any of it. Right. It's just like... <laughs> she was just like... I think she was just comfortable with knowing that I was still alive. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But as long as I ate food and like, you know what I'm saying, all that, she was good. She didn't care. So, yeah, I got, that was like in 2009. That's the same year I graduated from high school. So, like, since then, I was more on like a producer mindset then. That's when I got like acquainted with Jay Dilla and like Pharrell. I fell in love with those two. Those are like my two favorite producers. Mm-hmm. And like Knife Wonder, also Knife Wonder, definitely. Like, I can't sleep on Knife. And uh, what it, I, I I've heard that name so much, but I don't know. I haven't like attached it to specific songs. Mm-hmm. Can you give me a couple examples? Ah, uh, uh, I mean, Knife has done some stuff with a lot of people. Uh, yeah, he yeah, I'm like he's done mm-hmm. some stuff, but he's like he's a uh, NC native. I've so, heard. I mean, I've heard like. 
in the beginning of songs people throw out like Ninth Wonder. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. Like, so like um how my kind of introduction to Ninth Wonder is like through my cousin. My cousin is a producer also, but he um he went to this school called Central in North Carolina and Ninth Wonder was teaching classes at that uh at that school. Mm. So now he's on Knife Wonder's production team. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. So now Rhapsody, who's also signed up under Knife Wonder, and who's like one of the greatest artists, mm-hmm. like greatest MCs, she's from Snow Hill, North Carolina. Okay. Which is like, my grandma used to have a church in Snow Hill. Like, I, so I grew up going to Snow Hill all Shout the time. Shout out to you. You're from Elkin. You signed yeah. to Knife Wonder. Mm. But yeah, like my cousin, um, my cousin's on his production team. And, uh, Forgive yeah. forgive me my my uh, geographical lack of geographical knowledge, but is mm-hmm. Fayetteville in North Carolina? Yeah, yeah, it's so, in North Carolina. Okay, so J Cole's from there as well. Yep, yep. Okay, J Cole, and okay. also like Terrence J. A lot of people don't know that Terrence J is from uh, Rocky Mount, North Carolina. Mm. Steph Curry. Steph Curry. Steph. Is, he's from Charlotte. Yeah. Jordan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. MJ. Uh, <laughs> Chris Paul. Yeah. It's like a whole like North Carolina will have the best basketball team of people. Who were born and raised? And then, like, like, the Tar Heels, low, low key, low yeah, Tar, tar Heels. Well, I think I mean if you think just think I'm a huge Tar Heels fan. Like people, a lot of people like Duke in North Carolina. I'm a Tar Heels fan, mm. so it's kind of like that's like the those split. are the rivals. Yeah, it's like you either kind of like a Tar Heel fan or you're a Duke fan. Mm. I always been like, well, always. North Carolina got those colors, man. You, you can't beat the baby blue on white. But yeah, you can't beat the baby blue on white. But like Duke, Duke be having like these records, bro. Like mm-hmm. like the um coach from Duke, the, Coach K. Uh, coach yeah. K, yeah, bro. He that's he the got real the coach K. yeah. That's, that's the real Coach K, bro. Coach K is like, bro. He's like, it's like crazy. Like mm-hmm. there would never be another coach that great. Mm-hmm. Like he's ridiculous. And like he's a Duke coach. He's yeah. a Duke women's basketball coach. But it's was just it, like, living out there was. Is like college basketball the basketball that you guys are like more in, involved in because for sure the like a lot aren't. of people oh no yeah the Hornets <laughs> aren't the shit but like yeah people mostly go for like the Duke they a lot of people just really love the rivalry yeah. of like Duke versus uh, UNC like the Tar Heels versus the Devils and then you have other good basketball teams so yeah like Wake Forest Wake Forest and NC State Davis is not right Davis Oakland is that Oh it is um. I, Trying to think. Is that a, is that's a college, right? That's where Steph went, right? Uh, I would assume. Yeah. I think Steph, Steph stayed close to home. If I'm not mistaken, Steph stayed close to home. North I'm feeling. I'm feeling like I don't know exactly. I thought Davidson was North Carolina. I might. I might be tripping. I don't know. Oh, you know, we got this great thing called the internet, so yeah. I can. I can. Uh, he fact can check pull it up right now. But yeah, like Tar Heel fan all day. Like I just, I've been a Tar Heel fan as long as I can remember. I think North I Carolina. Like, yeah. Davidson, North Carolina. Yep. I fell in love with uh, fell in love with the colors first, like it's just like, the colors and the um, the mascot. Mm-hmm. That was like my thing from the jump, like the Blue Devils mascot. It mm-hmm. didn't really do nothing for me, but mm-hmm. the Tar Heels mascot did. So I, like the Tar Heels mascot, and then like once I learned more about it, it was just like yeah. Tar I Heels. just remember when I was a kid, you know, going to the Foot Locker with my brother at the mall. And he got, it was the first pair of and ones I'd ever seen. Was like the baby blue <laughs> the baby, on white. Yeah. It was just the cleanest. Oh, yeah. Like to me, like that, like 1997, 98, those colors to me stand out as yeah. being so like specifically this vibe. Especially when Jordan's yeah. Especially when Jordan, right. like you could, you have a library and acumen of Jordan on your screen. You know exactly. what I mean? Like, oh, for sure. You see, you can see them. In That's what they life. would have. Like when you, whenever you would go to like, 
footlocker or something. It was just Jordan, like, the Jordan like, commercial. It's, it's, or or, or just there. colors. Like, like just like, even because like you said it's an N1 mm-hmm. shoe, right? But it's a Tar Heel inspired. Mm-hmm. Who the fuck, who's the greatest Tar Heel from 1996? Right. You know what I mean? Like, Michael fucking. Michael Jeffrey, yes. You guys remember those N1 mixtapes? Oh, bro. That shit was Like, when the N1 mixtapes came out, bro, that's when I started dribbling. I started, so I started, before I started playing basketball, I started dribbling. I started dribbling because it was rhythmic. I was just see that, and it was like that, like, just watching, like, hot sauce dribble. And I used to, like, live, listen to that and, like, the shoes squeak. They used to do something for me. Like, do, do, like yeah. that, they, they used to like making like, rhythms on the court. Dude, that used to be so tight. And so then, I used to try to recreate that, like when I used to dribble. You were a court producer already. Yeah, but I wasn't even like thinking like that because I was like so young, bro. Right. I wasn't even thinking like that. Like, yeah, yeah. I'll, ne- I'll never forget. I think we got volume two, uh, with the one that had the EPMD Symphony Two Thousand oh, in it, bro, with the yeah, violins, yeah, 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 you know. Yeah. And it had the guy who did the the move where he put the. Ball in his shirt, shirt and smacked it around. Like, put, he put the ball behind the guy's head. Yeah, and, like, put bro. It back. and he did the little dance. Yeah, 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 yeah bro. Yeah, dude, that shit was. I, I remember. I got people who people who grew up like didn't grow up before the internet don't realize that like yeah. back yeah. then like content was valuable. Like you couldn't yeah. go on YouTube and watch that shit. There was so, no like, the, internet. The mixtape. Yeah, we had the no VHS. Stuff, like yeah. I watched that shit like a thousand times. Bro, you know? I had all the and one mixtapes on DVD. I remember my cousin be like. Mm. I was like, what? I'm like, we gotta watch that. Yeah. Bro, it used to be so crazy just like, just watching these guys just go to different cities mm-hmm. just to break niggas off. Like, right. Silly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like to cross people up. Just uh-huh. like, you really just going to different cities just to break people off. That's crazy. Yeah. But like, that's what, that's what it was. I mean, people do that now with like YouTube channels. Right. It's like, that's like, that was the start of all that. Yeah. Like when you, you can see the, you can see the transcendence between it. You can see right. the, like the Venn diagram between before the internet, after the internet, and what what still works. You know, yeah, what I mean? yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a whole ass. It, may, it makes me. I always wish that they had like the uh, like the short man's NBA. You know, <laughs> for like all the like yeah, the ballers yeah. that yeah, like six uh, under six, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Six yeah, foot yeah, in another yeah, league, yeah. and maybe Let me hit the bathroom. maybe like oh, eight bro. foot hoops. You know, so like oh, bro. So I, can dunk. I can dunk. Dude. I'm just saying all the nine foot, nine foot is like okay, yeah, 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 nine foot, yeah, where like everybody has to jump. Nine foot, maybe nine foot is the call for sure. But like, dude, like how many dirty players that were you know? Just had the Man. misfortune of being five six yeah. or something. You know? And no, like because you're you have to be more skillful. Like there's more intangibles about like when you don't have the yeah I don't know you have to focus you have to you have right. to takes more focus to when you don't necessarily you're not the over uh, favorite. Tell so, me about yeah, it. Yeah, like, tell me. To, <laughs> like you have to fine tune all yeah. those like all those things. Uh-huh. So it, it makes what is the statistic like that. If you're seven foot or over, you have like a sixty percent chance of making it to the NBA. But all you have to do is be born seven foot. That's what I'm saying. You just have to be born just seven can, foot. Don't get injured. Stay somewhat disciplined. You know. I mean, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, you can't. But the thing about <laughs> being seven foot, like, you yeah. just can't pick up basketball at like twenty one or twenty two centimeters. Right. You like, uh, you're not gonna go to the NBA. No, you but some be- of those guys could start at like seventeen. I mean, now it's di- yeah. now it's changing, right? Because we get all these like. Yeah, there's no reason for you to if you're, there's no reason for you to be started right. now, now, like yeah. at this time. But I'm just saying, like yeah. now, also but, like, the way the league is changing, there's like, the the new 
like position is like the shooting center who can move. You know, like KD, KD has like kind of changed the league in, as far as like this new generation of players that are long, they're quick, and they can shoot. And that's kind of like what the league's looking for now, right? Like it's kind of like. But the, but see, that's the thing about culture that's really like freakish to me, just because you're looking for anomalies, mm-hmm. right? You find this person who's great at this thing, and then you try to replicate that anomaly right. instead of enjoying the anomaly. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's where, like in the 2000s, I feel like that's where the NBA went wrong. Mm-hmm. They were trying to replicate Jordan, right? And oh, then no. and and so they like the sure. gatekeepers, the people who didn't like. Oh, this person doesn't look like like this does. He doesn't fit the Jordan bill. Right. So no, nope, you can't be Jordan. Yeah, we're not you gonna have I mean? another Spud Webb because of yeah. because yeah, of yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or like, hmm. like I mean, like and the people who had the Jordan bill didn't have the Jordan game. Vince Carter doesn't didn't have that Jordan elite. He had the Jordan build, right? Right. Kobe's better than Vince. You know what I mean? Like like he. They, they would have loved to give it to fucking Vince Carter. They would have loved to hand the ring. But mm-hmm. Allen Iverson was the better superstar over Vince Carter. Right. People rock with AI over Vince. And it wasn't no disrespect to Vince Carter because he was fucking amazing. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Just culturally. Is he still in the league? Nah, he, did, he, he just retired. Yeah. retired? Yeah. retired. I mean, that's so year. impressive. Yeah. I mean, there should be that special award for the most longevity, you know? Oh, like, yeah. Uh, that's like so impressive that he was still what at 43 42 he's still putting up some numbers and for real like, but you know, you know, I feel like, yeah, yeah, giving us a solid six minutes or something you know like, <laughs> dude, that's impressive man that's, hell that's, yeah that's really for real cool. but yeah man I, I think uh you know just to get to get to what you were saying reggie like the with um you know like the jordan era and you know, now we're seeing this this new era. It's just interesting to me to watch just how the like just the the shapes of players change, right? Mm-hmm. And how the, like different the players in the NBA look. The rules are like a little softer now. Like you can't do as you can't really take it to the hole as hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody's worried about injuries. We was talking about that. Earlier. But you also have all these. You, right, and you you have well because you also have for the first time. The le- the, it's gotten so competitive, right? Hmm. With with the margins of like how good you have to be, hmm. that like you got to be a basketball only athlete from like the start. Whereas like back in the day, there were three sport athletes, and Kerr's even yeah. said that that like he looks for soccer players. He thinks that soccer is where like, you should start, yeah. as and then go into basketball later. It makes sense because you have, yeah, you get the best and conditioning and spacing, too. You got to run in soccer. You're running yeah. such long distances. It's funny because you know? I used to like when I tried out for football in middle school, mm-hmm. I was clowning because like our football field and soccer field was right by each other, so I was clowning the soccer. Oh players. yeah, there's always a rivalry. I yeah, because they were they were just running around the mm-hmm. whole time, but they they lost like two games and our football team. Dude, that's the same. Dude, my high school, we had to play on the busted ass like gopher hole field. We had a brand new turf field that the mm. football team got to play on, but our football team was last in the league. Oh, and we crazy. were good, you know, we were pretty decent. So we're like, man, why don't we get to play on the good field? Like, you guys suck. You yeah, know? dude. The same kind of thing. I was in class with one of my homies who was on the soccer team. Like, uh-huh. he used to clown me so bad. Yeah. Because we were so terrible. Right. And he was, he was like, well, you know, we still haven't lost the game yet. Right. And I just be like, bro, I don't care. Yeah. No, but it's, <laughs> you know, the, the, I think the other interesting thing about the NBA these days is like, I feel like pro athletes, there was a time in like the early to mid 2000s when everybody became 
nerds. Like they're mm. they're all sports nerds. Like they aren't going yeah, yeah, out and yeah. partying. They aren't going out and nah, like they so want to be. Focused. It's such a high like I, I, to, to I, I, be I the greatest. Yeah. I, right. I, I, honestly, I think we should give LeBron. We don't give LeBron as much credit as, but he set that precedent. Yeah, right. Because like, that's been him from jump. day one. There's yeah. no space for anything else. You gotta yeah. be just. Or he's for always, real. even yeah. if there was space, he's yeah. never gave the appearance that there was anything else. And like, because we're all human, we do what the right. fuck we want right. to do. And you know, you have to maintain a certain. And I just, I really, because maintaining that image and being that person are two completely different things. Right. Right. Being yeah. the person that you are. The athlete and maintain. Jordan can't do that. Jordan can't maintain the image of that pristine athlete and right. be that pristine athlete mm-hmm. right. because Michael Jordan is yeah. not that pristine yeah. person. Yeah, 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 right? Yeah, you know what I mean? So to like, I think those are two different. Like, I, so I don't I think, think people knew that until like after the last dance came out, and then it was just like. But you oh, kind of you could tell like if, if I you mean, listen yeah, to you any Michael tell. Jordan story over the years, Michael tell. Jordan is not like the the infamous Steve Kerr fucking shit. Like, when like he, yeah, when he punched Steve Kerr in the face. Like what? Like, <laughs> The best line of that whole doc, in my opinion, was when they're asking him about Gary Payton. He's like, oh. I ain't had no, no problem with the glove. He's like, I ain't never had no problem with no glove. Yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> you had all the problems with the glove. But they like... They show the like video of Peyton talking about Jordan. Yeah. You know, and Peyton, the, I love Peyton because he's just... He's all Oakland. Like you yeah, can just yeah, tell facts. that fool is For straight real. from Oakland the way he talks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. You know, and he's talking about Jordan and there's like two minutes and then it just cuts to Jordan watching it on his iPad and he's just <laughs> laughing. He's like, I ain't never had no problem, no glove. And he's like just like man, the old bitterness and the rivalries and yeah. stuff. And he's not gonna yeah, he's not gonna He's never that. gonna admit that. Right. But I mean that's Jordan. That's like the part of his goat. Right. You know what I'm saying? No, like, I love him for that. You yeah, know, yeah, the fact yeah, that yeah. like he doesn't. But we put, but see, I, I yes, I love him for that. But the the nineties babies, mm-hmm. the fucking we put Jordan on this fucking immaculate pedestal oh, that yeah. can never be broken because it wasn't real. Totally. It wasn't. It was a false facade. So we treat in our minds, we treat Jordan like he's like he was the Space Jam. He's not no right. Michael Jordan's not that Space Jam dude right. in real life. Michael Jordan's Michael Jordan in real right. life. LeBron James is more. Of like, if you think he's more of that Space Jam dude, like the. I like, mean, yeah, because he's like, like the Monstars was low key, like that Warriors team, like that Warriors team was disgusting. The fact yeah. that he came back and beat them from three one is like that's that's that's, 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 that's yeah that's, that's Space Jam, Jam shit. That's just like that wasn't that's supposed to happen, bro. He he averaged a forty point triple double. He averaged a forty point triple double that series. It's just like that's crazy. I mean, I got respect for LeBron, but I don't got love for LeBron. I mean, I I feel it, like Warriors fan. So I'm to me, even, to me, LeBron is like fan, he's like the Floyd Mayweather of basketball. Oh, oh yeah. no, 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 no! That's very accurate. No, that's like, very like, accurate. No, that's, that's allow me to explain. Allow me to explain. No, no, no. Just let me. Just let me. Let me make my point, okay? I'm not talking about personality. I'm talking about playing. So Floyd has figured out boxing. He knows how to win on points. Mm-hmm. He's not the most interesting player to watch. He's not the most beautiful player to watch. But he wins <laughs> boxing matches because he gets how to win. Yeah, like yeah, he's yeah. broken it down to the science. LeBron is the same way. He can dribble in. He can slam into dudes and yeah. slam, and he can get a point that way. Is it like Jordan where he floats through the air and he's no. poetry in motion? It's not, as, it's not yeah, the it's most not beautiful fluent, game. Yeah. Like, I much Bully prefer ball. to watch someone who's 6'5", 
six six who can fly and glide. That's just a yeah, more yeah, beautiful yeah. like form of the art. But LeBron is there's no there's no arguing he's the the most or if not one of the most dominant players ever because he's this like giant dude. Yeah, he's so even. He's you so can't even. guard against that because he yeah, can yeah. just he's a jackhammer. You know what I mean? He's not a scaffold. I mean, yeah, he's a Chico. He's just like uh, Kevin Durant's a Chico. Right. Kevin Durant's not as even as LeBron. What I mean by even is like LeBron has long arms, long legs, long torso. Like he's very even. Right. He, he's, he's the player that won. He he rolled, you know, he rolled. He got the rolled a seven on the genetic lottery. Yeah, right? yeah, like yeah. He, yeah. He, won. he won. He won. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. he worked and worked and, and worked, worked hard. And yeah. to be not only like physically gifted, but also have a level of talent and skill to yeah, match. Yeah, 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 for sure. And emotional intelligence, right? For sure. Like, and yeah. like, I understand. I, that, yeah. I think we don't, we don't, we don't give him credit. For that piece of it, yeah. Just because coming in the league at eighteen, being a fucking phenom at right. sixteen, right? Yeah. And just having, like, it's not too Duh. many people. Like, I mean, think about the people after him who built up like that. Yeah. Yeah, I oh, remember Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> Andrew motherfucking Wiggins. Yeah. Hey, still waiting. I, I was say I, I believe. I believe. So, you know I still mean? believe this is the year. So, so I, it's it I, could be it could be like because I'm kind of low key pushing for the. To do like some crazy shit because yeah, like, the Warriors has exceeded, they've exceeded my expectations already. So yeah. I'm just like, I'm like on the, uh, I'm like a They're little giggly schoolgirl. I'm like, what, what else are you guys gonna do? Right. I'm like, I'm so juiced about the Warriors right now. They, they have so much fucking potential. Bro. I just, yeah, I think, I mean, you can never count Steph Curry out. I feel like it's Can't. we're we're in a we're in this this position where these guys, a bunch of our team, just got on the team. Mm-hmm. Kerr yeah, yeah. is gonna figure out the plan. That dude is a genius. Yeah, and it's it's like things that. are just out of focus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah, can yeah, align yeah. everybody to where they understand what their role is and their part. And yeah. Steph doesn't have to put up forty points to win. You know, I think we got it. The talent's there. Thanks, because you know? like I think Charles Barkley, notwithstanding, Shaq, notwithstanding, <laughs> you know, like I think I think we can still, you know, I think what it's gonna take like Kelly Oubre and Wiggins have to step up. Yeah. Like, cause I'm I'm taking the pressure off of Draymond. Mm-hmm. I'm taking the pressure off of Draymond, cause I don't I don't think Draymond's gonna kick it up until the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And like for me, I I understand that because that's what he's used to. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Draymond's used to kicking it up to that next level during the playoffs. And like for me, I I can understand that about Draymond, cause like having Draymond on the floor. Him just being an entity on the floor changes the game. Yeah, like, they're a different team when he's out there. Oh yeah, he's gonna do all those like little things. Like he's gonna he's gonna get that little tip on the ball that just mm-hmm. moves it a little bit so that you can get the rebound. Like Draymond's gonna do that. Yeah, but that, he scored one point last night, and we uh, need we need someone else to be exactly. putting up numbers. So, so that's so we, that's exactly I, what I'm feel saying. Like it's not fair because we never look at we've never ever looked at Draymond for points. Exactly. Right. So that's so what I'm it's saying. Not fair no, on no, him no. To, I'm just saying. I'm just saying we need another. We need more than one point. No, 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 no. So, so I understand, like from both of y'all, because right. like I feel like, well, you didn't even say anything, but the way I feel about Draymond. Is that I feel like Draymond should be because he was always that third go-to to score on right. the Warriors yeah. before KD got there. That was Draymond. Mm-hmm. So, like, for me, it's like, you know, Draymond scores some points. Draymond shoot a fucking three. You know, Draymond makes some shit. Right. But you got to understand Draymond is a power forward. Draymond mm-hmm. is taking the responsibility of doing all the small little things that a lot of people don't get credit for. He's the for. glue, man. He is. So, 
by him doing that, you can't, not saying that you can't look for points for him, but it's not wise yeah. to look for points. No, we're not. We, we don't. We don't want to build a system. Around yeah, exactly. Off of Jalen Brown scoring. No, exactly. no, no. no that, wants my to do point that. was that was that was that. Uh, no, he scored a point last night. Mm-hmm. That's not his role is to score, and he's fine with not. Oh yeah, which is I great mean, for a yeah, guy with that ego. That, I figured I, I, that I out last least, season. I need Draymond at least have five points. Like that, nice. it looks good, long, yeah. like five, five. Because but be five, I'd rather. Five, five. But I'm still more concerned with Wiggins going for twenty five. You know exactly. Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I Kelly think, Oubre and Wiggins. Like, yeah. yeah, I feel like, especially Wiggins. I feel like Wiggins is just coasting. Like he's just right. he's been doing that since he was on uh, the Timberwolves. Right. Like he's just coasting. It's like, bro, you're good. He, he might have reached his potential. I don't. I, but even if even with that, it's just like, bro, like. You can average at least 15 tonight. You can average at least 15. And if you try, you can average 20. But he is averaging. Is Andrew Wiggins not averaging 15 points a game? Uh, no, he's not. Oh, well, Andrew Wiggins. I don't think he's averaging 15. If him and Ubre can you know, combine for 40, I feel like that's not the worst. Uh, that, that'll be dope. Ideally. Uh, I mean, I feel like that's not a lot asking from them because like, they can do that. Yeah, because if you think about forty, that's twenty and twenty, and then yeah, if you that's like forty shots between the both of them. No, 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 no. I don't think it's forty shots. I, no, it's twenty I, shots. Well, yeah, so you, you put a couple threes in there. I mean, between you're saying between the both of them, yeah, 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 In order for them, I see what you're saying. You know, between both of them, yeah, 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 yeah. That is forty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I mean, I think what it comes down to is really us getting back to like where the team was in that first. Finals win the fifteen sixteen series season when mm-hmm. it was team play. Well, when that it was, was passing. When, that was different because right. like Kerr has taken over. You right. know what I'm saying? So that's a whole different. Like, but that was Kerr, strategy. right? That no, 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 no. That, ja- I I mean, that, 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 season, that season was Kerr. Yeah. But I mean, they just literally Mark Jackson got fired that year before, so right. it's just like they were still. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm like Steve Kerr came into an all well team. It's like it's like me trying to go coach the Lakers right mm-hmm. now. It's like hey. I'm gonna teach you guys how to be a uh, a championship team. It's like nigga, we just won the championship. Right. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's like like the Warriors literally after they lost that year, they won. No, no, no. Did they win that year? No, we won. Then then we lost. Then yeah, we yeah, won yeah, two yeah. More so yeah, yeah. They won that year. After they won that year, they went seventy three and nine. I mean seventy two and nine. Mm-hmm. And then there was the Draymond game. That, that game was crazy. Like. <laughs> that whole shit That was the most painful sports moment in my entire life Honestly, I feel like that was like a LeBron I just feel like that was a LeBron I was, I'm just so happy I was in LA when that happened I, I just feel like so that was a LeBron if I was in the Bay Area watching that shit Bro, rough, the man. thing is, was what, what was crazy is because like People were so ready I know, I could only imagine well, so, I was in LA watching it well, did you, Kobe went off for 60 that year So that's, right. what I, that's my fact Like that's, I was in LA when Kobe went off for 60 <laughs> right. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I can, I'm saying that's my grade I, know. I also watched that seventy three and nine game when they won that last game, and I was like, "Yeah, the Warriors won the fucking championship." Yeah. I'm like, and the Warriors yeah. didn't win. Oh, I was sick to my stomach for weeks. It was crazy. It was. It hurt. It was crazy. It that hurt. was definitely like a LeBron Will moment. Like I can I, honestly I say, no disrespect for that. That's 40, why I can forty point, uh, forty point triple. I will say this though, and this is going to be sound like a total Homer thing to say. Oh, yeah, bro. 
But the refing during that, some of Yo, the worst refereeing you, you I've, I've ever seen. I will say, you sides. are not lying. On both I sides. I, I, I there like was some now. On both sides. No, there was some called, like, <laughs> like, that was, like, the start of LeBron not getting, like, those, like, drive-in calls where they're hacking oh, him. Yeah. And he's, like, getting the and ones. Like, that was, like, the yeah, start of that. That's real. They that's weren't real. calling that. Mm-hmm. But they also weren't calling... Some shots that Steph Curry was getting the and ones on from the three, they were a not calling Iggy, those. No, a lot of Iggy like taking it to the basket fouls, and they was like, "Bro, you're not gonna call that foul." That's at all. Who was who was guarding? Oh, that's because it was on Tristan Thompson. That's because it was on Tristan right. Thompson. No, yeah, I mean yeah, yeah, that yeah. was the first year that I really felt like there was like a concerted effort in the league. Like there For was sure. some shit going on behind the scenes with the refs yeah. and stuff. Like it felt like that. It, I know, it, but it definitely fan, did, bro. It I'm sure they, did. Cavs fans had their share of gripes. But that year, that really felt like it. And it, and for the next few years, it really did feel like there was like this effort to push games to more, you know, later in the series. Yeah, yeah, You know, yeah. push it to a game five, a game six. I, I could, you know, and like, for you the, know, you know, who, who knows? For the money, yeah. Right. Yeah, 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 totally. Used, we've all seen that Buffalo Wild Wings commercial. <laughs> you, <laughs> you know what I mean? We've all seen that Buffalo Wild Wings Oh, you know, the, you know the commercial <laughs> that, it, that gets me every time now? It's the, the fucking one with... Dame Dollar, like oh yeah, the Hulu, the, yeah, bro. We were just talking about that last night. I was like, bro, the Bolt Twenty Four when he's like, when he's got the uh, oh, oh, the Bolt Twenty Four commercial. He's got the sequencer. Oh, yeah, 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 he presses yeah, yeah. it and it's like Dame Dollar. Yeah, like, yeah. He's like, you like, can make your own super silly like things, and it's not even plugged in. And then at the end, it's just like Bolt Twenty Four. It's like the like auto tune that it gets me every time. It's like offbeat. It's like the they like they like didn't sync it to the song. It's just yeah, like, yeah. Uh, that uh, the, the other night I was watching it. It's off, but it's catchy. Yeah. I mean, oh, I it's so was, catchy. I'm saying both That's what the marketing. That's what right. the, it's off, but it's catchy. Oh yeah, yeah that's no. exactly. Like, that shit that's stuck. I'm always like both yeah. You know. <laughs> I thought you were talking about the Hulu the commercial. Hulu. The Hulu <laughs> commercials <laughs> amaze me the most the because Hulu, it's, uh, the Hulu. They're so they're so like fucking stupid. They're they're very stupid. Like it takes no like the like. It's a creative room of just like, like, like I'm, 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 I'm sorry, I don't want to say the creative room. I'm not talking about the cool. I'm just saying the commercial itself. It just doesn't take any concept. It's just like I don't know. Hulu has live sports. That's oh, that's it. Yeah, Hulu yeah. has live sports. Uh, Hulu paid us that. Right. Hulu paid us to do this commercial. Yeah. Yes. Well, who has like? Well, you have even more. Oh yeah, those ones. those ones are bad. I but I usually just mute those. But lately, there's been a couple. There's been like a couple hitters on there. Like the Jim Beam one is pretty good. With like the where he's like trying to order something, and then the guy comes oh, up and he's like, yeah. "Dark beer, yeah, dark yeah, yeah. beer." <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That one is pretty cool. I like that one too. The dark beer guy get, should get a fucking Emmy or whatever this Ooh. year for the best. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just he kind of the guy kind of looks like Fred Armisen, the the dark beer guy with the beard. <laughs> Something about the way that he says that. Um, but yeah, well, I I think uh, I think we could probably wrap it up. We we just did two hours and forty five minutes, so that's a pretty good podcast. I mean, cool. We yeah, could go we make some music, you know, for sure. Play a little bit. I'm probably gonna take him to go get his phone and okay. then come back. Word. All good. Um, before we end, mm-hmm. uh, like, how can people find you and find your music? Man, you can find me. I'm at Instagram at Drum Wisdom. That's D R U M W I S D O M, all one word. <laughs> and yeah, you can find my like 
my album that came out two years ago. Mm-hmm. Now in 2019, yeah. it's called Let's Have a Conversation. Okay. You don't got to spell that out, bro. <laughs> I wasn't going I wasn't going to spell that out. I don't have the attention span to spell that out. I was like, if you can't spell that out, you dumb as fuck. But like, I wasn't gonna come to your house and tell you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would rather for you like to call me up. Yeah, and it. It, if you call me up at five one zero, you leave your number off. Bro. I get that shit. What is my number? Damn. Oh yeah. Uh, my number is five one zero six four six 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 seven seven nine nine. I don't give a fuck. Call me up if you want to tell me about how my music sound. Yo. All ears. If you want to be like, hey, yo, this shit sound like shit. Lucky for you, uh, I don't got that many listeners yet. uh, Someday, might get blown by the I'll tell it, bro. If Um, you want to call me up and tell my music sound like shit, bro, I will probably put you on a beat that's hella fire just to prove you wrong. You're gonna get some funny, some funny stuff. What? uh, Wait, wait, wait. That's my flex. That's how I flex. On Spotify, your what's your artist name on Spotify? Drum Wisdom. All one word. Yeah. So check it, check them out. Drum Wisdom on on Spotify, um, Speakeasy. What's the uh, what's your Insta for that? What's the Speakeasy Insta? You know? uh, Speakeasy. Speakeasy uh, Music. I think is I think it is a Speakeasy Music. But you know you can check me out. I mean I'm on a lot of different like albums. Yeah. Uh, I'm on Saba's album. I'm on uh, one of my fellow Speakeasy instrumentalists, okay. Javier. I'm on his recent project called Rebirth. So just and and for those of you, you know, they spell speakeasy with a with an e with a little line over the e. So. Yeah, it's S P E uh, Speakes. S P E A K E A S E with a little, you know, little yeah. symbol up. Um, and yeah. Uh, and yeah, we'll go go check them out. You know, Brandon is an amazing drummer. I, I love your music, man. It was cool. cool I appreciate uh, it. Getting to know you over the weekend and and play a little bit and um, yeah, man. Thank you both for coming on. I appreciate it. For you sure. Know. Shout out to Reggie for coming through. Hell yeah. Thank y'all Yeah. Appreciate you, bro. It's always nice. I, I felt like this conversation had a real just natural flow to it. It didn't feel like yeah, there was it any was pushing dope. or anything. Yeah, it was so. super dope, man. I'm I'll be definitely down to do this again. Hell for yeah, sure. let, yeah. Let me know uh, when when it when you're next if you want to come on and, and promote anything or just come and have a conversation okay. we should try to do another one before you, we didn't even get into atlanta yeah you know? i was about to say that yeah i'm about to move to atlanta soon i mean it's supposed to be next month but we don't know right now. we're still trying everybody's we're trying to talk and understand in the band, you know? <laughs> i mean it's it's funny because people really are trying to talk me and stay in the band. <laughs> and I, I tell everybody like yo i'm coming back and they're just like you should stay. And There's I'm a change.org like, petition. I'm like, uh, there's like a difference in monetary, you know what I'm saying? Like oh, rent yeah. that I got to play. Oh, you know yeah. what I'm saying? I could, I could save potentially like almost $500 in rent. And that's like, a month. Um, yeah, a month. That's like amazing. That's about 12. You feel me? So, you know what I'm saying? With all this COVID stuff, you know, I'm doing the best I can to hold oh, yeah. on. I was making all my money off of like playing live. Mm-hmm. So like that shit all stopped. And Atlanta's a little more open right now, right? Yeah, Atlanta's Whoa, definitely. Man. I mean, it's definitely more open. But we I'm, at a bar right now having this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> That's factual. But I'm also trying to. I'm gonna get into some acting stuff too. Hell yeah! And I'm I'm also trying to get into some like producing we, stuff. Are we on, gonna like, see the you on season two of uh, Rhythm and Flow, bro, or what? 
Oh, bro, I would love to do that. You know what I'm saying? I'll have the hottest. I'll have the hottest shit on that season because I got to. Team Anderson Pack, bro. Oh, Team Anderson Pack can't touch me. Like I would. <laughs> I play drums better than Anderson Pack, so it's just like you know what I'm saying. I can't sing better than him. I can't sing better than him, but like yeah, I'll just take a drum no, solo that's crushing all this shit. We're like, gonna have a drum debate. Um, oh, it's no debate. It's, yeah. I'm better than Anderson Pack on drums. Like I don't care what you want to talk about. Like. I do I do hope that we get to you know kick it more before you leave because oh definitely, I, definitely. I, it's always good to make a new friend we definitely about to hoop yeah, some more bro you're for sure I need to learn some stuff from you I, then, I was watching you I was <laughs> I was on the sideline on your first game and I was watching like everybody was kind of shocked about like all the buckets you was getting I was juiced I was like oh hell yeah I, mean, dude, I, roll, I roll up funky with my fucking man bun I'm not looking like I'm a baller you know but that's all part of it that's all part of the game it's all part of the game, game yeah games, man. Like, hey bro you had like the low key like Tony Parker <laughs> floaters going in I was just like yo you gonna make that yeah, I grew oh up, shit I, I grew up watching Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes bro, you know like that's I fucks with that I fucks you with play that. basketball <laughs> yeah I fucks with that white man can jump you know uh, but yeah but but uh, I might have to come visit you in Atlanta too cause I've never been there before I'm definitely down for that bro and I would love to check it out for sure I'm probably gonna be calling you on some like you know video stuff too hell yeah dude for sure because my brother my brother has an artist that he's managing and that's what's up yeah dude I bought I got those lights that we used on the shoot that drone is the win bro and the drone for sure dude cool well hey dude much love thank you guys both so much and uh until the next time for sure until next time it's Brandon drone wisdom appreciate y'all see y'all next time hell yeah Brandon thank you for coming on all y'all Go check them out. Drum Wisdom, Speakeasy Music. Um, yeah, it was fun. It's it's uh, it's just fun talking, communicating with people, and uh, and learning just different stories. And um, it's you know one of my favorite things. One of the reasons I love doing this. So, first episode in the books of the new year. Uh, looking forward. We got one. Next week, I'm going to be sitting down with Tommy Breeze, who is an illustrator and artist and has his own apparel shop. Um, so look out for that. And uh, yeah, if you if y'all have any, you know, suggestions about guests or people uh, that you'd like to see on the Bartcast, feel free to reach out to me um, on Instagram at Young Hobart is my handle. Or you can always send an email to the Bartcast mailbox at gmail.com. I don't check that that often, but you can totally uh, throw it on there and, and I'll try to get to it. Also, uh, for those of you that aren't already aware, I do have another podcast uh, that I'm a host on called The Beeswax, and that's uh, one that I do with the California Honey Drops. Um, we're going to be starting season two of that pretty soon, so. Go give that a listen. It's all about music and how they make their music. I break down the tracks. And uh, that one's fun. So love all you guys. Thank you so much for, for uh, tuning in. And uh, it's going to be a good year. I've got some really cool ideas about directions I want to take this thing and people I want to have on. So uh, keep listening and know that you are appreciated. 
and uh, keep on shining. Also, as a special treat, I am most honored and proud and stoked to feature some of Brandon's music here at the end. We usually have our standard song uh, that my homeboy, shout out Jesse Lemmy Adams, made for me. But uh, but today we're going to put on a track of Brandon's. This is called Walls of Freedom, and it's off of a SF Bayview mixtape that he's featured on called Freedom Songs. You can find it at sfbayview.bandcamp.com. I'll also put the link in the show notes if you want to go and check out the rest of the mixtape. So uh, thanks, thanks again to Brandon and everybody. Thanks to Reggie. And here is Walls of Freedom by Drum Wisdom, a.k.a. Brandon Farmer. Barriers to keep out the unwanted. Protection to keep in one's desires. We choose the role of walls in our life. Whether big, small, weak, or strong. The role of walls in my life only exists between thighs. I choose to disassemble all pain and hurt in my life. Most walls are cemented in pain and bricked in sorrow. I understand hurt and pain, and I'm over it. We can put up walls in our mind that keep us from understanding, creating a comfort zone there. The only walls that I enjoy create rain, not shield us from the elements. Those walls can build us. You can either lose your mind and gain all consciousness off these walls. Because if these walls could talk, they would tell a story. Walls can help you go for a time, but it always comes a time to destroy mental walls and realize while you were protecting yourself from harm, you cage yourself from freedom. Start those hard conversations, grow past your pain, because the same walls that protect you are the same ones you keep running into. Your mind seeks the opportunity to grow, and only you can set your mental capacity. Your pain is yours to keep or to destroy. Devour your pain and the walls that go with them. Grow beyond measure, love deeply, go deeper in the walls of love, get lost there. Plant your seed there, because you should only build up the walls that create life.